You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. My family thinks I'm crazy. A podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Gentlemen, welcome back to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm your host, Mark Palmer, and today on the show, I'm bringing you a special edition episode with four guests. I spoke to three old friends, relatively new friends in the scheme of life. I've become friends with them since starting this podcast last year. Exactly a year to the day was when the first episode of My Family Thinks I'm Crazy was released. So I hope you enjoy this super cool episode with three new friends and an even newer friend. You've heard him in the new intro song. He is Shane Newsom. He sent me that really wicked intro song and I thought, how could I not have him on the show? This guy's a so enjoy these series of conversations i talked to ryan dean from the dangerous world podcast i talked to ron from new england from the wicked planet podcast and then i talked to yogi zorananda from the renegade yogi podcast experience and then of course shane from the i knew some but didn't know it all podcast all right, folks, you know where to keep the party going and flowing on Patreon.com, where we have some really new content, bonus content. 
That's right. I'm finding stuff every day on the internet, deep in the internet archives, and I'm releasing it on the Patreon with commentary. That's right. And we got the scene, the synchromystic exploration of the ever-expanding now, coming out each month. So join us on the Patreon. $3, $2. If you pay $33 and you stick with us for a year, you get a bunch of merch thanks to Patreon. But we got new stuff coming out. Stick with us, folks. All right. Peace. I did kind of want to go back to the whole manifestation idea, dude. It's not just manifestation, Mark. I think that what you're doing is actually hard work. Um, so, you know, manifestation is a, it's a fun, you know, new age type way to look at things. But we can't forget about the old school, dude. You're putting in the work. You're putting in a lot of work. I do not condone the use of anything besides food, water, and oxygen. Okay. Um, I just start peeking, dude. Tripping ball sack. I become like, I'm riding on a beach. I'm riding through a city. I'm riding through the, like, like a, a jungle. I'm riding through the redwoods. Like, I was like everybody ever who's ever rode a motorcycle. The Akashic Records are surrounding all of our connective tissue, our organs. It's like just past the last layer of skin. There's something called the superficial fascia. And it's this like string-like substance that basically holds everything together inside of our body. So it's around every single organ and it basically allows the organs to have its shape. And there's this really neat video on YouTube of this fellow for the first time using like the, um, like the surgical microscope to look at the strings of the fascia. And what you, what he sees and discovers is that there are these like little water droplets that are being carried around on this like web-like fascia structure. And so this is the structure within us that water uses to actually transport itself all over the body. Right. And so the realization that I have is that you have this fascia around your heart and that there's this water, this network and web of water that is literally around your heart. Your heart is generating electric magnetic field of energy. We get some really bad weather up here. And sometimes, I mean, we get a microburst here. Power could be out for a week. You know, it just, uh, I mean, we get tornadoes here, believe it or not. Ron from New England. I'm from New England, too. He says, don't be concerned with waking the sheep. Be concerned with waking the lion. That makes a lot of sense. You know, because at this point, at this point, really, if they can't, if they're not willing to look, I mean, look at all the information that's out there. If they're not willing to listen to us now, you know what? You're on your own.
The first episode I ever released before we met was October 5th. When did you start your show? I don't know. I started my OnlyFans then. That's when I started splitting <laughs> my butthole and making money. Oh, really? So, so you're celebrating your OnlyFans year anniversary today? Yes. This is the first day I spread my butthole with a selfie stick Dude. Um, through my oh. leg. You always gotta outshine me. Ninety nine prime time, ninety nine outshine, dude. What's going dude, on? And that's dude? accidental shine, dude. That's just like <laughs> me, just like accidentally shining. Hold on. Hello, what is up? What is up? Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy year anniversary special where I, your host, just kind of chop it up with some new friends that I've made since starting this podcast venture. Um, A lot has changed in my life. I went from being an Amazon delivery driver to basically being an entrepreneur, having my own business with a, a series of clients doing multiple things within the podcasting field from booking to production to artwork to (laughs) creative stuff like writing a book. A lot is in store and a lot is on my plate. So I've been very busy, but I've mostly been busy with my podcast because I really wanted to take my podcast to the next level and something that a huge inspiration for me Alex Sakaris from the Skeptico podcast told me to do is you know the best way to learn about how to have the best podcast is by trying everything out yourself and this wasn't you know some sort of like self-interest this is out of the interest of creating this alt media united cooperative that I've started I don't talk much about it on the podcast I have talked about it more probably on other podcasts but the intention behind that is to gather up as many independent podcasters as we can into one united front so to speak and have each other's back and that's it without any obligations without any commitments just hey we're all on one website we promote each other we network with each other And we keep each other in the loop with any innovations or, you know, like with Rockfin, everybody jumped on the Rockfin boat. Floats coming out. Maybe people are going to jump on the float boat. Well, if that's going to happen, I think we should all be on the same page. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. We'll see what happens. But in order for me to be the best I can be as the sort of head honcho at Alt Media United, I need to have a kick-ass podcast to back it up. And that's, you know, something that initially when I was just an Amazon driver listening to podcasts would motivate me and I would get emotional about it. I'd be sitting in my van thinking to myself, like, I could do this, you know, and certain shows would really move me and I would feel like, yeah, I need to be a part of this cause, spread this message, spread this truth. This is who I am and what I'm here to do on this earth. So the fact that so many people have reached out saying they love the show and they vibe with the show means so, so much to me because I felt it. I felt it ahead of time. I said, you know what? This is where I need to be. This is where my tribe is. And I'm finding you guys. And if you want to get in touch, join the Telegram. We just made a Telegram, folks. It's free. Join in there. 
be in the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy Telegram. The link will be in the description. And yeah, we have a Patreon. We have a private Telegram for the patrons. That's going to be some uh, some cool stuff. I'm going to be putting content there that you can't get anywhere else as well as the Patreon. We're doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, I'm looking at some of these Terrence McKenna talks that are all over YouTube. And I'm thinking about listening to them myself and doing some commentary and not limiting it to Terrence McKenna. I'm going to look for more stuff and create a sort of university within the Patreon to help you guys understand where I'm coming from and where my sources are and what I'm learning from. The books, book reports, we're doing that too. I'm going to find some really interesting books and do almost like a Mysterious Universe uh, style breakdown on certain books that I find interesting. Um, So yeah, a lot in store for year two of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, folks. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in and uh, enjoy. We have four conversations today. Actually, we have five. That's right. You heard in the musical intro that we had four. Well, Alex Stein, host of the Conspiracy Castle, will be joining me as well for today's episode. So look forward to that at the end or the middle or however I'm going to order this. I don't know. But there are five interviews for today's episode coming out a little late, but technically it will be on our anniversary. I'll make sure it's out in the next three hours. It's 9.05 p.m. Eastern time on October 5th, 2021. Right now, exactly a year ago, we put out the first brick in the road where Matt Justice, my buddy, my best friend, broke down JFK. So go back and listen to that. We've had so many super awesome guests on the show in the past year. Chris Bennett stands out as one of my favorites just because I have all of his books now, or most of his books. David Matheson, another favorite. So many great people we've had on the show. I really don't want to play favorites because everybody who's been on the show is my favorite. Matt McCusker. I love that podcast, Matt and Shane Secret Podcast. If you guys don't know that I've had Matt McCusker on the podcast, I'm personally really proud of that. Brian Holtzman, another, uh, I think, you know, you guys come to this show for the conspiracy, but that's only a little portion of what I'm interested in. You know, I'm interested in conspiracies. I love conspiracies. It's a big part of who I am and what I research, but I like to talk to strange people who are strange for other reasons than just that, so... Be on the lookout for more content like that and go back into the archives and check out some episodes you might not have heard before. Back in the day, we had some really cool conversations. We had the first three. One was with my friend Matt. Then we had Mikey. Then we had the first swap cast I ever did with Rick from the Tin Biscuit podcast over in Ireland. And then episode four, we had David Matheson on. Episode 5 was Lindsay Foreman, Spirit Junkie from Instagram. And then episode 6 was, hmm, wow, look at that. I think episode 6 was Lindsay and Sean Beaupre was episode 5. And episode 7 was Alex Sakaris. And then episode 8 was My Maria 777. And then episode 9 was the Dangerous World Podcast Swapcast. Look at that. I'm all over the place, folks. Either way, go back in the archives. we got so many good episodes that we've done. 
and more to come. Thank you for being with us. Happy year anniversary to me and a happy 27th birthday in six days. Sign up for the Patreon and wish me happy birthday. Or why not show us some love on PayPal on October 11th? I don't know. Show me some support. I got to pay back my friend Adam for this mixer. I got to get get the website back from Jay. We got a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes here, folks. I could use some help. So sign up on the Patreon. Show us some love. And it's not for nothing. You get 50 plus bonus episodes and so much more content. I'm going to start archiving cool information there because we don't know how long it's going to last on YouTube. So I might as well download some of it, convert it to MP3. So you knuckleheads out there can listen while you're delivering packages and maybe rise above it like I did. Get yourself out of the matrix. That's what scene is for. Another reason to sign up on the Patreon. All right, let's go to the first interview for today's episode with Ron from New England. That's the host of the Wicked Planet podcast and someone who's become like an uncle to me. Not just because he's older than me, but because he's so wise. And I hope you garner some wisdom from this conversation and his awesome podcast which is moving its way up the charts so check a new england classic the wicked planet podcast live from my living room (laughs) (laughs) right on well we can jump right into it ron because i got uh i got some things to talk about with you my friend on the air we have been pals since i first met you through ryan dean who was just on this episode we spoke last night as you know and i'm really grateful because you know at first ryan's like Hey, there's this guy, Ron from New England, that you ought to meet him. I'm like, okay, I'm from New England too. (laughs) You know, who is this guy? And then next thing I know, I'm pitching a tent, catching garden snakes near your tomato garden up there in New Hampshire. You weren't even home. So we still haven't met, but we I've been to your house, strangely enough, and you've become a really close friend of mine in the podcasting arena, but also just in a personal way. I mean, you know, Ron can can back me up here. We've had many conversations, you know, I think last time you were on the show I, I told folks that you're you're somewhat of a mentor and that's still true and I don't call you as much because thanks to all the great advice you gave me a couple months ago things are going pretty great and I don't need as much advice as I did then so you know for those who haven't known this is Ron guys this is my buddy this is like my uncle Ron I don't call him Ron from New England I call him Uncle Ron <laughs> Yeah, that's okay if you if you don't need as much advice, but you know, if you do, you know where to get a hold of me, right? Right on. So, yeah, you know, that was funny when you had uh, told me that you needed, you were going to stop by the house and you asked if it was okay to pitch a tent. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. I'm not home, but go ahead. I'll let the kid know to let you in. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. But, yeah, it just goes to prove how comfortable I was with with you doing that. You know what I mean? 
Well, and I so, think uh, I think that's like one of the cool things about getting into this podcasting thing and and folks who are listening to this just heard Ryan say it. You know, he's like I have more friends now all over the country than I do in my own hometown, you know, that I talk to on a weekly basis. So, and I kind of feel the same way, especially, you know, with us all being New Englanders, yourself, myself, Ricky Verandez, Andy Rouse, Jay Hennahan, you know, I'm getting all these connections with folks that are within an hour, two hour drive from, from me. It's pretty, yep. pretty stellar. Yeah. And our buddy, Matt T he's in, he's in New England too. Right. So, so, so yeah, there's getting to be quite a little circle of us that are, you know, within probably, I mean, you're probably a couple hours from me, but that's, I mean, people here in New England, and I don't think they understand just how big New England is, but, but, it, but it's everything, everything north of New York, right? <clears throat> but, you know, I agree with uh, Ryan 100% with you on that, because we have met so many cool people, you know, and, and we've said this before, that if COVID never happened, like, we wouldn't be, like, we wouldn't know each other, like, at all. Not only that, but we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Now, all of us have our own shows. We all doing, uh, all doing pretty well, which I just wanted to take a moment and congratulate you on your 100,000 download mark. That's amazing. Thank you, man. Yeah, uh, we're at 105 that now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, and it's your year anniversary, right? You've been doing it for a year. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so, that, so that's great. I mean, that's, that's really good. And, and the shows are really good, too. You know, that's what I like. I mean, you can you can blow out a million shows, but if they suck, they suck, right? So I think that you know your content's been really, really interesting. And then I and I did listen to the show. I was surprised that it was out that fast on Ryan's Patreon, that on the show on alchemy and stuff. Mm. Very interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Tara and I. She she's always encouraging me, kind of like listening in and. Last night, after I was uh, done talking with Ryan, she was like, wow, you really know your stuff. And I'm like, because it's just like, you know, she's always very supportive. But whatever it was that Ryan brought out of me last night, I feel like I was particularly on the ball. And alchemy is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. So I was really stoked when he hit me up and said, hey, I want you to talk for 15 minutes on alchemy. We ended up talking for like 30 minutes and then another 30 minutes for this show but I think moving forward anytime Ryan reaches out to me to do like a quick 15 30 minute segment I'm just gonna like turn it around on him afterwards and be like all right now you're doing a 15 30 minute segment on my show because it's I think it like in that mutually beneficial way like we could all you know, like I just I like the way it flowed last night, you know, like he hosted me the first half hour and then I hosted the second half hour. And it, it just I think that moving forward, that's going to be more of a, a part of the formula here on the My Family Thinks Some yeah. Crazy podcast, having more than one yeah. guest per episode. Yeah, you know what? I really like that format. And of course, being on with Ryan is real easy. Because it's just like, you know, you and me when we get together, well, like we are now. We just converse like we do when we're just on the phone, right? Because, uh, you know, uh, people people probably don't know that. I mean, we're on the phone with each other, like, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, so I know you've been, a, you've been pretty busy uh, lately. So, uh, so I mean, uh, I understand, you know, 
you know, how busy you are and things like that. Ryan's really busy too. Uh, that's why I always, I'll text you guys and I'll always text, Hey, you around. And that means are you busy? You're not busy. What are you doing? Yeah, no. uh, but uh, but yeah, so so that's cool. Yeah, being on being on Dangerous World's real like it just flows really good. I mean, I've had a lot of a lot of appearances on the Dangerous World, and I'm sure I'll have more going mm. forward. But yeah, yeah, but that's cool. Really good show last night. Thank you. Yeah, I'm wondering. You know, you bring up Ryan, and I like you said, I was just talking to him, and one of the things that we mentioned is how parallel him and I are. You know, he's all the way over there in Arizona, but we were both delivery drivers. Both kind of started our podcast with a friend in his case his cousin and then over the course of however many episodes now we're doing it solo and it, it was cool to connect with him on that level but i just wonder you know from your perspective when you were my age or ryan's age like was this type of thing possible for someone to go out and like be entrepreneurial in this way like do you think it was easier to do something not obviously not podcasting but like let's say you wanted to start a band or you wanted to become an artist i mean that's very similar to what we've done with with starting our podcast do you think it, it got easier as time went on to be sort of an entrepreneur or is it harder now than it was when you were younger okay so when i was your age the internet was kind of in its infancy right so so a lot of that i mean that was before ebay before paypal before you know, any of these platforms that we mess around with now, I mean, you had uh, America Online, you know, AOL. I mean, that's basically, they were the big player. And I mean, it was nothing. You just got on it and chatted with friends or tried to hook up with new girlfriends. Worked really good for that. <laughs> but <laughs> but when I was in my 30s, uh, you could be entrepreneurial uh, just in a different way. Uh, there was a whole lot less, like, restrictive laws as far as getting into business and things like that. But you got to remember, you guys are like 30. What, are you 30 yet? I'll be 27 in seven days, in a week from today. Okay. Okay, so I know Ryan, I believe, is 30 or 31. Same thing with our buddy Andy. So you got to remember, that's a half a lifetime ago for me. Because I'm, I'm the old guy on the block. I'm the old guy that sits in the rocket chair and all you kids come up and ask me questions when you have questions. <laughs> <laughs> But so uh, when I was your age, I was doing some pretty crazy stuff, actually. <clears throat> you know, when you want to talk about being entrepreneurial. <laughs> yeah, you were doing uh, yeah. some entrepreneurial work. <laughs> I don't know if it fell within yeah. the normal <laughs> lines of what people would consider an entrepreneur, but maybe if you want to. Well, well, as New England goes, it was considered uh, entrepreneurial. As the federal government was concerned, it wasn't anything that they deemed uh, that would be the proper way to exercise entrepreneurship, but but whatever it is, what it is, you I wouldn't trade it. Like I wouldn't trade it for I wouldn't trade it uh, for anything. You know, it was it was the path that my life was taking. Then it was fun. I had a great time. I didn't really like settle into life until I was in my forties. <clears throat> so my twenties and thirties, especially twenties, quite a free for all. Quite a free-for-all. I mean, I didn't have anybody telling me what I was going to do, what I wasn't going to do, uh, anything like that. You know, I just, I mean, I had certain people I would buck heads with, but that's okay. We would work it out because when there was money involved, it's really amazing how easily things could be worked out. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. So yeah. Yeah. settling down, I mean, let's not get that far ahead of ourselves, Ron. When you were, you know, 
younger 20s, 30s, were you seeing the world from this conspiratorial lens or was it just like money, 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 women, you know, was it, were you kind of consumed with the the daily milieu or, or were you even then looking at like the strangeness and paranormal stuff in life? Well, it's kind of funny because the mindset was totally different back then. Mm. <clears throat> I've been involved and in, interested in conspiracies and cryptozoology and ufology. I mean, I've been interested in that since I was a little kid. But, you know, sometimes when you get involved in other things, like that's what your priorities are. Like my priority. I mean, you know, you didn't even really, I mean, it was hard to even research back then. You actually had to go to the bookstore, had to go to a library or something. I mean, you just, I mean, I mean, you're talking, this is pre-Google, right? This is, this is pre any, I remember when Google first came out. Like my father-in-law at the time turned me on to it. And I'm like, Google, that sounds kind of like a weird thing. Uh, that I went on it and then started using it a lot. Of course, I don't use Google very often now. Anyway, so you got to remember it was a different world back then. You know, I mean, sometime we'll sit down and we can have some longer chats about that. But, but when I was in my 20s, uh, the priorities were definitely different. Definitely different. I was, uh, you know, doing things that, well, I don't know. I'm not going to say I shouldn't have been doing because I didn't have any problem doing it, but, uh, but it just, you know, so, so you were thinking about making money. Yes, of course. Kind of like the number one priority. Uh, the second priority was making sure that you had time to party with your friends. And let me tell you what, like, like I see all you guys party and this and that. And I'm like, dude, if you didn't, if we were at the same age and you knew me back then, you, you guys would just be in for a big eye opener. Cause I mean, I mean, we used to go for days straight with no sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> days straight. Uh, you know, find ourselves down in Boston on what we used to call three-day benders and things like that. And, and that was, that was, in itself was quite interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah, we probably won't get too deep into that, like right here, right now. But, but uh, and of course, women were always a priority, you know, back then. I mean, you know, as many as you could get your hands on. And that's just the way it was. And that's, you, you know, know to clarify, that's why, uh, that's why I came to you for advice, Ron, because I really think that my generation, and I hope guys around my age would agree with this, if not DM me about it, but I think that our generation, my generation is sort of uh, lacking a lot of those social skills that your generation kind of just inherited yeah. through the social dynamics that were at play. Whereas my generation was like sucked right into the computer and it all became like, you know, this hierarchy like of popularity and what was, you know, uh, what was trending and this sort of thing. I feel like that psychology of what happened in the past 20 years, um, it really affects us, but you can still go back to the time like yourself with this pre-technology <laughs> ubiquitousness and find a realer version of what that looks like. At least that's a bad way, a poor way of describing how I felt. No, no, it's not Mark at all, because I could tell you, uh, in my heyday, that's the alpha male reigned supreme. I mean, and, and that was it. And you had to learn how to, uh, I was always a good communicator anyways, because that was kind of part of my uh, job. <laughs> you know, my job was uh, 
it required very good communication skills uh, when you're conveying one message from one person to another person or, or trying to explain to somebody how something's going to play out. You know what I mean? But, but that was, uh, it was, I was definitely an alpha. Well, I still am an alpha male. I mean, even at my age, uh, I don't think anybody that knows me would argue that point. I was, I've always taken a leader role versus a follower role. But when you, uh, when you see the difference in people now versus, you know, 25 or 30 years ago, uh, it, the internet definitely changed that. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, it. I'm not talking about guys like you and Ryan and, you know, and all of our other friends that, that are way younger than me. Well, well, I'm talking about people in general. Like when you see people out, uh, for instance, that used to, you know, when you go to the checkout uh, at any store, it always was the thing to kind of joke around with the cashier or whatever. Like kids nowadays, like, like they don't need, they won't even make eye contact with you. <laughs> yeah, it's like they won't, they're yeah, automated. They, they don't, yeah, they don't, they're robotic. They don't. They don't know how to talk to you. They don't know how to interact with you. They don't know how to respond to something, even if you're just joking. And they, they have, they lack major, major communication skills, like big time. And the only way that you can learn communication skills is from somebody like me that can probably teach you that, or, uh, you know, uh, have somebody like maybe an older brother or your dad that's going to take time to say, listen, you know, why you, why you, I mean, you're not telling me two words or, or you don't even come and talk to me in the house, but you'll sit in your room and fucking text me. I, I mean, what is that? Get your ass out here and talk to me face to face. Right. I, I even do that with my niece who I have custody of, you know, she'll be up in her room and she'll send me pictures and this and that, or ask me a question. I text her back. Hey, come down and talk to me in person. I ain't, I ain't doing this. You know, I'm going to teach you how to do that. She's, you know, trying to teach her communication skills. But, but I don't know, you know, obviously what they teach uh, kids in school now is way different than how they taught us. I mean, they actually taught us things when I was in school. You know, they taught us history. They taught us communications. They taught us literature. I mean, the books I used to read in school, like you can't even find those books now, right? Just to give you one example. And, uh, and yeah, but communication is number one. Kids do not know how to communicate. And that's why you see, you know how they say, like, if you send me a text, like you can send somebody a text and, and they'll take it the wrong way. And it's like, what are you talking about? It was just a simple reply to your question. Well, that sounded, what do you mean? It didn't fucking sound like anything. It's a text. Yeah. It's words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, I guess it's hard to explain, but it's not hard to explain. Well, let's just say in my younger life, like uh, I would have to travel two or three hours just to have a 10 minute one-on-one conversation with somebody to make sure that the message was conveyed in the way it needed to be conveyed. You know, I mean, kids, kids can't do that. Actually, kids probably shouldn't be doing that today. <laughs> not, not the stuff that I used to do, but anyways, uh, but yeah, uh, the internet definitely changed. I mean, the internet, what hasn't the internet changed? It's changed the way we get our entertainment. It's changed the way we do business. It's changed the way that we communicate with people. I mean, you know, when was the last time you bought a stamp? <laughs> I just right? I just dig them up in my grandma's house and like, oh, I found one, perfect. You know, like whenever yeah. I need one, it's like a little like treasure hunt around one of her closets. That's why. Drawers. That's why I always buy. Yeah, that's why you always want to buy forever stamps because uh, you know you can use those forever, just like it says, right? But uh, but I don't know. I I think I have an advantage over a lot of people 
uh, in the podcasting world because I am a little older uh, and I've experienced a lot. Like, like I'm in a generation that went from having rotary, what we call a rotary phone, on a party line system, meaning uh, you didn't have you, you had a dial tone, but you didn't have uh, the beep pop 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 like when you dial a number. Like we didn't have none of that. It was you had to stick your finger in a hole on the number, and you had to go down. And it had this little stopper, and you let off, and it would reel back, and you just did your numbers that way, right? And, and that was only if you picked up the phone and it wasn't somebody already using the phone because there was no private phone. Right. It was like, it was called a party line and you had to pay a lot more money to get a private phone. But I remember when I was a kid, you know, picking up the phone to call one of my friends and, uh, uh, hold on one sec. Somebody was trying to call me. Uh, and, uh, and there would be somebody talking on the other phone, which actually, <laughs> When you were a little kid, that was your first introduction of being a little spy. <laughs> yeah. Because you could, you could listen, oh, really? What's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but like we had that. Uh, we had CB radio, Citizens Band Radio, which I used to play a lot with when I was a kid. And, uh, and, all my, and like everybody had a CB radio, just like everybody has a cell phone now. And uh, so, so my friends that I went to school with, you know, their folks, would let us get on the CBs and we would talk back and forth. I mean, we wouldn't talk about anything, basically. I mean, I just saw you in school all day. So it was just cool to do that, right? But, I mean, that's what we grew up in. We didn't have computers. Like, I remember I was probably in my 20s when I got my first computer. You know, and that was an Apple, actually, Macintosh. But, uh, but, now, but yeah, it's just... Now I'm sure just, you everything see... Everything has changed. I'm sure you see people you're in your generation who have changed a lot since maybe adopting. Like, Facebook seems to be popular with your age group. No offense, Ron, but my, my grandparents are, are on Facebook, and that was the reason why I got off, because I was like, oh, my Mimi's on here? I don't need to be on here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I've been on Facebook almost from the beginning, and... Uh, and I don't do a lot on Facebook, uh, you know, uh, because of just what you said, there's so many people that know me on mm. Facebook. I mean, I probably got a thousand friends on Facebook, you know what I mean? But including my mother-in-law, my mother, <laughs> all of her cousins, yep. you know, all the people that helped raise me, you know, all my relatives, uh, just like, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And I'm like, I don't do anything about my podcast on Facebook. Mm. Only because I just don't want to have to sit and explain it to anybody. I just yeah. don't. Yeah, we've you know talked I mean? about this. I, I have the same feeling. And I used to be really wild on Facebook, like in 2000 and, and like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I would just get on Facebook and just flame throw. Like I would just go like, you know, boom, boom, lighting off like huge truth bombs on the Facebook. And it eventually it just gave me this reputation reputation amongst people like oh he's crazy like look at his facebook he's he's talking yeah. about you know corrupt president lizard people this and that false flag this and that ufo here and there so i definitely um you know wasn't very uh covert about my ideology or my beliefs on facebook and and yeah that taught me a lesson but it also pushed me where I'm at now. I don't know. I, I always, I always felt like social media wasn't my thing, but it was like a, uh, 
it was like a must have for my generation. Like if I didn't have oh, yeah. social media, I wouldn't have had a, any chance with the, the girls I dated probably. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it was like, it seemed like that was pretty key to making friends and, and acquaintances and girlfriends is this whole dynamic. And that's why when, you know, you and I spoke, I wanted to get that more old school, human, realistic stuff instead of like what you can find if you look up relationship advice online it's all like text your way to success with any woman in three steps you know and then it's like some bullshit oh, like, yeah. oh tell you know give her a one-liner and then uh, you know so it it sounds corny now for me to talk about this and i hope this isn't like too full of myself i, I hope people can hear this and maybe help it helps them look at their life a little differently but yeah, I was a complete schmuck and and thanks to Ron over here, he kind of set me in in the in a better direction than maybe I was heading in without his advice. So, maybe that was a long way of making that point, but I want to ask you, man, I mean, you started the Wicked Planet podcast after being a guest on a couple different shows. Where do, where's the show heading now? You have anything that's come up that's like super interesting that you know you're going to cover? Anything that uh, any guests that you you plan yeah. on having on the show? Yeah, you know I've got a lot of guests lined up. Uh, you know, it's just like I had mentioned this before. Like our show, you know, it's just like any show; it has to evolve, right? So so you have to get into more interesting subjects and things like that. And of course, COVID kind of kind of messes with you because you got to do things on zoom and my co-host Buckley, he's not a big zoom fan uh, and things like that. I mean, I've been, I, I told him, you know, it's no big deal because, you know, I've been doing the zoom thing ever since my first show on dangerous world. So, so it's not, I mean, it's nothing for me to do a zoom. I mean, we're doing zoom right now, but, uh, but yeah, we have some things. Uh, we have some things coming uh, this week. We're going to be, I'll just give people a little, little heads up. Uh, we're going to do a show on uh, preparedness, uh, you know, different scenarios which would which would put us into a situation where we'd want to be prepared. You know, it's not going to be end times or, you know, any of that bullshit like, uh, you know, prophecy or anything like that. I'm just going to say, look, at something as simple as a power outage could cause you a problem for X, Y, and Z. And this is what you could do to prepare yourself for it. And listen, I'm not a pro at it. Living in New England, we get a lot of nor'easter snow uh, snowstorms. Power goes out. We get hellacious thunderstorms. Like a lot of people probably don't know that, right? You do, because you get a bad storm, and I get it a couple hours later, right? The same storm. So, I mean, we get some really bad weather up here, and sometimes, the, I mean, we get a microburst here. Power could be out for a week. You know, it just—I uh, mean, we get tornadoes here, believe it or not. Oh yeah. So. So, so we're going to do a little show about that. You know, it's just going to be me and Buckley. Hopefully, Kristen can make it in, uh, and we're going to just talk about that for a little while. Uh, I want to try to concentrate on keeping the shows a little shorter. I know I, I like to keep my shows to ninety minutes, but it always ends up going two hours, two hours plus. Uh, but it's just like I say: if if you're on a subject and you're on a roll, why stop? Right? right. Like like that. But but that's so, something. Something I wanted to bring up about what you had said before, Mark, is, uh, you know, when you were saying, when you were on Facebook, you were sending out a lot of truth bombs and this and that. You could actually do that back then. Right. Right. There wasn't any censorship. There wasn't anything going on. They weren't going to stop you from doing that. 
the only repercussions you had is somebody getting on your case from your family going, oh, no, I think Mark's going crazy. Oh, yeah. People all the time yeah. would bite on that bait and get in the little arguments. And and it really just isolated me to have the few really good friends that I have now, some of whom have been on the first two or three episodes of my podcast. Um, shout out to Mikey. But, yeah, you know, me and Mikey used to just, like, kick ass on Facebook and, like, you know, make fun of the people in our school who were – just touting, you know, whatever trendy BS, you know, and it, it was never like, it was never enough for us to have anything other than like a, a kick between each other about it, you know, but, uh, but yeah, like those were the days for sure. But I also taught me like, this is futile, you know, like this is just frustrating me and not helping anybody. And I think they don't you, don't, let me stop you right there. Don't you think that that's what we're going through right now, that frustration level, and it mm. is futile? They've game. Try, they've... Try, trying to wake people up. People are so fucking brainwashed right now that you're not going to wake them up. And when we were on Union of the Unwanted last week, and I was say, you know, talking something, and then, and then Sam comes on, he says, he says, don't be concerned with waking the sheep. Be concerned with waking the lions. And that really was a great statement from him because that yeah, makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah. because at this point, at this point, really, if they can't, if they're not willing to listen, I mean, look at all the information that's out there. Like, if they're not willing to listen to us now, you know what? You're on your own. Figure it out on your own. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the, um, the system, the sociological physics that were at play in the social media system were gamified in that time when, like you said, we could just say anything and it was free and fun and the internet was cool. And there was just, you know, these platforms you could kind of go on and talk to your friends, but the internet was still the internet. Now it seems like the only internet that exists revolves around these social media platforms, almost like, you know, everything that's on the internet is either getting you to a social media platform or content that's then going to be posted on a social media platform articles, blogs, stupid videos, clips, yeah. and, and that yeah. that's where the advertising money went. That's where the, the videos all went. And now you don't have cool websites that used to aggregate conspiracy videos and, and conspiracy mm-hmm. knowledge. And, you know, these shady looking websites with four or five different colors that looked off, but like you could read it and get this feeling of like, whoa, somebody put a lot of time into this research and now they're putting it out there for free. I mean, I'm sure you ran across a couple of those things on the internet, Ron. Oh yeah. So, you know, I think, I think the trend is going to go back to that though. Uh, because of all the censorship and things like that, I, I think the trend is going to be to where people are going to go back to having websites to promote their shows mm. or maybe put their own stuff on their show so they don't get deplatformed. And the only person that's going to deplatform you at that point is whoever's hosting your website. And I mean, we do know that some of that goes on, mm. uh, but there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to get out there. I know Telegram is a big one, but of course that's social media also. And uh, there's got to be a way to have something that you're 100% in control with as far as getting your message out. And then people can go to your website and check it out. And that's how it always used to be before Facebook. And I, I feel that Instagram is kind of the mecca for podcasters and, and uh, people that talk about 
uh, conspiratorial or esoteric things. Mm. Like I think Instagram is where, where everybody is. Uh, and I know it's owned by Facebook. So, so I don't know, you know, the censorship is, is bad there, but it's not as bad as it is on Facebook. Hey, something to bring up real quick as we speak. Uh, I was on Instagram today and at 1145, it stopped working. And then Facebook stopped working and WhatsApp stopped working. I don't know if you're aware with that. There's a big uh, global outage of all three of those, right? Which they're all owned by the same company anyway. Huh. Yeah, but there's a, there's a big outage right now. Uh, I, was, I was on the Legit Fat Discourse uh, server this morning talking to a bunch of people, and they were all telling me the same thing, right. uh, what's going on. It's just not, none of it is working. And it's actually was just on, uh, just on the news, too. So don't know what's going on now. There's a lot of speculation going out on Twitter saying that uh, there was an obstetrician that had released some photos of a deformed baby of uh, a mother that had taken the vaccine during the uh, during a pregnancy, and the kid came out all messed up or whatever. And uh, she was posting that, so, so they allegedly shut the whole thing down. I don't know how true that would be. I mean, that would be, that would be pretty drastic to shut it down that way. But, you know, 60 Minutes last night had that uh, whistleblower expose report uh, on Facebook. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Maybe they somebody a, just hacked into it. And, uh, they had a whistle, said, they had a whistleblower expose about Facebook, or they had it about the, the cowpoke, the jab, the vax? No, no, no. It was about Facebook, and it was on 60 Minutes that right. aired last night. Okay. Huh. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I was a little... I was a little tired last night, like we spoke. And uh, that, I was trying to catch the big Tampa Bay-New England Patriots game, uh, which ended up being kind of a boring game. But but anyways, I fell asleep way before that was over. But <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so that's what's going on with Facebook, uh, Instagram, and WhatsApp right now. It's all down. Huh. So kind of interesting. But but yeah, this lady had come on, uh, just the gist of what I've seen, just I've read a couple of articles about it, that this uh, whistleblower came on and, and uh, just talked about how Facebook manipulates people's posts, and and they're the reason for all this uh, division that's going on, and misinformation, and disinformation, and all this other stuff, which is they're saying is being driven by Facebook. So uh, I'm going to get on. I'm, I'm I'm sure you can go online in 60 minutes and probably watch the segment, but uh, but it's just just a suspect that uh, now all of a sudden it's down. Now, I, I don't know if it's worldwide, but there, there are people in other countries reporting that it's down. But I talked to my wife, who happens to be in Florida at the moment, and she says hers is working. So so I don't know. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, I, I was on Instagram this morning, so I didn't have an issue. But, uh, but yeah, that's... Yeah, it was 11, 11, 11.45 is when it went down. Huh. Well, I don't know yeah. if I was on it then, so maybe... Maybe it would have affected me too, but wow, Ron, we've been going for a half an hour. I'm planning on uh, getting a bunch of friends that I've made since starting this podcast journey a year ago on this episode. And of course I had to include you, man. So thank you so much for taking some time with me today. For folks who don't know, they can find you at the Wicked Planet podcast. That's where they're listening to this podcast right now. Just go ahead and search it and subscribe. I'll even put the link in the description, make it super easy for you. But uh, once they do that and subscribe mm -hmm. to your awesome podcast, what should they do next to follow up with you, Ron? You got Instagram. You got all sorts of other yeah. things going on. Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at Ron from New England. And uh, we also have a page for the show, the Wicked Planet podcast. Uh, right now, we got a cool video on uh, 
Uh, I just have a little clip on my uh, on my pages uh, for the paranormal investigation that Buckley's brother did uh, up at the haunted garage and on the property. That was uh, he's got about an eighteen minute video clip there as that's on his page. If you go on mine, uh, there's a link. Uh, I tagged him. You can go right there and watch it if anybody's interested in that. Cool. Uh, we, we are going to start getting into more paranormal stuff and more ufology and more crypt, cryptids type of stuff. That stuff I'm really interested in. Mm. I mean, I know we talk a lot about COVID, the New World Order, the Fourth Reich and all that stuff because that stuff, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable with that stuff and, and I'm getting more knowledgeable uh, the more books that I read. You know, like, like you, I got a massive library. You know, I mean, I see just a little bit of yours in the background, but but um, but we like to get get out there. I counted uh, two days ago, and I I currently have in this room on the shelves, uh, not including the ones in boxes. I have six hundred and fifty books. So we got we got oh, wow quite That's a library, yeah. here, folks. Sign up on the Patreon, and if you're in the thirty three dollar level, I'll send you one of them. Yeah, that's a cool deal. Listen, I uh, you can never have too many books. I, I got into the audio book thing because I find it, uh, you know, my life is like incredibly busy, right? Not only do I try to put a lot of time into my podcast, uh, into doing my social media and things like that. I mean, I put a lot of time into that because you have to do a lot of research for a lot of your shows, right? You, you know, I mean, some of the subjects you get into that, you don't just pull that out of your ass. I mean, you got to research it. And then once you know it, you know it. And, uh, uh, you know, when I have a busy home life, I'm raising an 11 year old, you know, which has got its own challenges right there. So, uh, that, and I'm running my business that I've had for, you know, since I was a little kid, but, uh, so yeah, it's big things coming. Did Ryan mention to you how um, I'm taking over conspiracy kitchen? <laughs> yes, did he say anything he about that? He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seemed like yeah, he so- regretted it a bit. <laughs> No, no, it, it's all good. I mean, I'm going to give him plenty of plugs on it. But uh, so him, him and Brandon did this segment on their Patreon called Conspiracy Kitchen. I said, that was really cool. I could come on and we could do some stuff. But, you know, Ryan and Brandon, of course, Brandon's not on the show anymore. Uh, Ryan's got his hands full. He's got a lot going on. Plus, he's working his full-time job. So so the other day, you know, I, I always, always was thinking that was a great concept, right? Something I would like to kind of run with. So I said, you know what? So uh, I text him. Yesterday, I said, are you up? And he goes, yeah, man. So I, so anyway, so I, I, I said, hey, are you going to do anything with Conspiracy Kitchen? Because if not, I'd like to take it over because I have some really good ideas. He goes, yeah, dude, go for it. <laughs> he goes, I don't have time for it. So, so I thought that's cool. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I'll make it worth his while. That's not a problem. But I got some, you know, I cook like a lot. Like yesterday, I spent the whole day cooking. I cooked uh, uh, hot wings. I cooked ribs on the smoker. Uh, I made all kinds of food. Sundays like the day, like like I like to sit and just cook a bunch of food, mm. and, and then and then uh, you know and then. But I mean, a lot of people like like I have like I have one of the biggest barbecue pages on Facebook. It's not one of the biggest, but it's it's right up in the top ten biggest barbecue pages on Facebook. So uh, so uh, and, and it's for people that build their own smoking machines, and uh, because you know uh, in my business I. I do a lot of welding and a lot of fabrication and things like that. Uh, so I'm going to do some videos of me making homemade smokers on Conspiracy Kitchen and then how to, how to get them ready to work and, and show people how to do things on the grill and how to do things on the smoker. That would be uh, cool to make your own smoker if you had like an off-grid situation. I think that would be a great. Well, that's, yeah. well, that's it. I, I, got, I got a list of people. Hey, you know, I've got this little smoker unit that I bought like 10 years ago, but it's all rusting out. 
Uh, and I said, well, bring it up. I'll fix it for you. So I get them all fixed up, and they're like, oh, man, what would you charge me to build one of these? You know, so it's kind of like a little something I do on the side, and I really enjoy doing it. Yeah. So uh, so I thought I was going to incorporate that into Conspiracy Kitchen. Uh, you know, do videos of me cooking, doing meal prep, things like that, uh, while at the same time I'm telling you a conspiracy story. I don't know. It'd be a kind of a cool concept, I think. We'll see how it goes. I am going to tune in because, you know, Tara, I'm blessed that she does a lot of the cooking and she is very, very skilled in the kitchen. But you know what? I got to pick up the slack sometimes because there are times of the day or the week or even the month when she's like, you know, I, I don't want to cook tonight. And then I, I got to like go get some pasta and some sauce and cross my fingers behind my back. So maybe it would be yeah, that's, good. A tough, that's real tough. That's real tough. <laughs> maybe it'd be a good thing to, <laughs> to tune in the conspiracy kitchen with Ron from New England and, and learn some more uh, some more tricks of the trade. Well, all right, Ron, I got to run. I know you're a busy guy, as mentioned. So, folks, support Ron. He's got a lot of things going on on the Wicked planet podcast and instagram he's always on there ron thank you so much i appreciate it brother and uh and yeah let's go on to the next friend from the podcast universe it's been a year folks on to many more all right yeah nice i'll 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 be hitting a year in march so looking forward to that right hey mark thanks for having me on Uh, i do got to get back to work though I still got a few more hours, and then uh, I got to make sure I get the kid off the bus on time. She gets a little upset if I'm not there. (laughs) All right, Ron. I'll talk to you later. All right, Mark. Thanks. Yeah. Well. Simply put, it's the year anniversary of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. And, you know, you're somebody who not only have I become friends with since starting this show, but I've helped you start your own show. So I wanted to have you on the show, give folks an update. I just re-aired our first conversation on the podcast. I tried to do it in conjunction with the Union of the Unwanted, but the file was too big and and there was some errors so i just went in and and took that part off but we were also on the union of the unwanted together so folks who aren't familiar zorananda clamochila how are you my friend i'm doing great man congratulations it's been just a trip to see how much your show has grown and the guests that you've had and yeah i like actually got obsessed with it i at work i would just be going back and forth from listening between your podcast and sam's and you know there'd be days where i would like save up a few episodes just so i can have like back-to-back episodes to listen to like while i'm working so yeah it's just so wonderful to see how much you've grown and then to have been invited into that whole community, you know, and it's like, you know, even for me, just seeing how the process has been over the last year of like releasing my book and, uh, being invited onto podcasts and then eventually starting my own podcast with your help. 
and now officially being invited onto Union of the Unwanted. And it's just, there's this upward climb that is happening that I'm just, you know, so excited for each, as each week goes by and each month goes by. So I'm super stoked. Yeah. Right. And, and it was a great, it was a great conversation. It went on longer than normal. And I think that's because a, there were so many people, but it was such an interesting conversation. I'm glad it, it went on as long as it did. And for people who didn't stick around till the end, you really missed out because Yogi, you kicked a whole lot of asses. Sam would like to say, you know, with that mantra. And it's sad that he, he jumped out early. He usually does that. But yeah, that mantra was really cool. And I think it had just a really uh, beautiful effect on the Union of the Unwanted's that episode, but the RSS feed in general, because I think one thing that this community in general is guilty of in some sense, and I'm guilty of it too, is going into this kind of uh, black pill space as it's been called. And I don't like that metaphor anyways. I don't think we need pills as our metaphor for a measurement of truth. I think we should just scrap that whole metaphor in general, but I will give it up to you. I think they've had a near-death experience episode that was pretty profound, but I think what you did was you, you really helped people listening get a sense of your spiritual energy in a really, really personal way by you know, speaking that mantra into the airwaves. And that's so different from anything that anyone's ever contributed to the union of the unwanted. You know, I just wanted to point that out because save, you know, personal stories, it's a lot of commentary and opinion and research, but you know, you, you, you really bared a piece of yourself there. So yeah, I, I think congrats, you know, for, for being who you are and, you know, putting yourself in that place because I see myself in you. Like I was listening to Sam Tripoli show and then I had like a random chance to be on his Patreon podcast and I took that chance and kept it moving, you know, and kept it going. And from my, you know, what you've told me, you were listening to my show before you and I did a show together and then, yeah, now we're doing stuff. So it is a little uh, parallel, but it's also like, super inspiring to see you find your place your niche in this realm and i think more folks should check your show out because it is so unique it's you know it, it's i mean to kind of use chance's analogy i've been vibing off of chance from interverse he dropped all these different little pair uh phrases that i've been using and clear pills is what he kind of called it and that's what your show is all about clarity getting to the truth about what yoga is and isn't right so yeah thank you first of all everything you said about that mantra i think what part of my intention is around that is how to normalize and demystify the use of it and why i also did the translation of it right so it's really easy to hear something in another language and you have no context for it and you can kind of dismiss it because you just have no meaning for it. Right. Like you, it just goes in, in one out in one ear and out the other. So 
to then have the translation of it that was provided by my teacher gives a context for how special and how meaningful it can be and how powerful it can be as well too. Or a mantra that is hundreds, if not thousands of years old, right? So this is something that has been chanted by sadhus and mystics for ages, right? So there's uh, a deep seated power within it that we can tap into as long as we hold that reverence. So <clears throat> when it comes to my podcast, I really like to focus in on my guests and their life. And I, I really like to ask questions that maybe they've never been asked before or just really gets them to explain their life and how yoga fits into it so that my listeners can get a sense of just the people that I have in my life. Because for the most part right now in the first 20 episodes, the conversations I'm having with are just friends that I have in my life that are either yoga teachers or musicians. And then there's a few kind of new people that I've met through Instagram who've reached out to me about being on the podcast. So what I like to do is interweave yoga into the narrative to get a sense of how it's an additive to life and that there are fundamental philosophies and, and morals and practices that don't really have to pertain to the physical part of it that go into the historical tradition of the stories and the philosophies and the psychology of what it means to be a human being that is, endeavoring towards a kind of spirituality, right? So for me as a practitioner, I've taken up the mantle of trying to uncover all of it. So really trying to dive into the depths of all the yogas and so that I can get an understanding of it. So when people ask me, well, what can I do? I can display to them, well, there's a plethora of practice that you can choose from. You don't have to go into a yoga studio and practice like hot yoga or vinyasa and that stuff. If you really love music, there's bhakti yoga and there's kirtan and bhajan, right? So kirtan and bhajan is like group sing-along kind of like devotional singing. And it doesn't even have to be in Hindi or, or Sanskrit. You can totally make up your own stuff but there's this like devotional aspect to it. So if you feel like you have this connection to your voice and you don't really know what to do with it, you can use yoga in this like vein of, well, I can, you know, play my guitar the way that I have, but I can write all these beautiful lyrics that are kind of really simple and repetitive, almost like a mantra to get into what it feels like to be devotional. Right. So that's just like one slice of the pie of what yoga is. And that's what I hope to provide um, more and more as my podcast goes. Um, I just finished wrapping up a chakra series. So I've done seven episodes intermittently through the um, interviews of really diving into the chakras, you know, spending an hour on each on each video. So what I look forward to is you know, the next topics of like the koshas and the pranavayus and the shtanga yoga and, and, and things that people don't really get into because 
in the world of yoga, the chakras kind of blanket everything in the energetics, right? But then there are also the koshas and the pranavayus that are, are really important too. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, it's a, it sounds like you, you got to get like the, the chakras out of the way first, maybe like a prerequisite. And I love that. I thought that was a brilliant idea. And I'm excited to, to dig into those. On the topic of music, though, when mm-hmm. we first talked, we shared resonance in the fact that we both love underground rap. It was a big part of what we both kind of said maybe in different words are awakening in a lot of ways, at least mm-hmm. the lyrical content of this underground nineties, early two thousands rap. And it was rough around the edges. It was gritty. There wasn't PC for sure, but there were so many layers of truth within these 16 bars or however many lyrics they would right into these four or five minute songs, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes for a total album. But within that time frame, there's so much to take in. So I'm wondering, we've talked about that before. When it comes to the musical side of yoga, do you think that understanding that component of of yoga has helped you understand maybe the components to that underground rap or like what was actually going on there and have a better understanding possibly of that you can elaborate for us on how music can awaken us yeah so like kirtan and bhajan enters into the realm of sound healing and and so when when you enter when you when you first are introduced to kind of like conscious rap or conscious music there's this mind opening effect to new ideas that you have never learned in your life through conventional means of schooling and parents and friends and media right so you are immediately taken into this whole other realm of of topics that have to do with the kind of spirituality that is, is veiled in a certain way. Right. And that's how I like to see the Jedi mind tricks is that they're using this dance between light and dark so that the people who are repulsed by the negative stuff they talk about, right. They kind of weed those people out. And then the actual truth seekers who can withstand the like negativity can actually penetrate into the meaning of the lyrics when in one of their songs, the children of Babylon is like, I am a seven density light being trans manifest personally in divine nation, Atlantis rising three, three dimensions of radiation is fall difficulty to cope with the body. Right. So like all of a sudden you're getting into all this information when you're like five or six songs deep, right? Like, uh, books of blood, like communion and coming of tan and apostles creed and, and like all this shit. Right. And so that can act as a kind of springboard, right? So like you've waved through the negativity and you said, no, 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 there's actually something here. There are these gems. And then you suddenly find icon or 
Vinny Paz talk about the Emerald Tablets of Thought, the Atlantean. It's like, boom, there's the springboard. It's springing you right into this like new area of now discovering all these like ancient texts and channeling. And suddenly you start finding stuff about Abraham Hicks and Cryon and Rashar and, um, and then it just opens you up. And from there, it's almost inevitable that yoga is going to come into play. Right. Because those people are going to start talking about the chakras like icon and, and Vinny Paz like has a whole song where he talks about like, um, exploding chakras. And so, he mentions, yeah. is it, and I looked back over my shoulder to see if I have one of his books over my shoulder because his name is so, it's like Prabhu Hamsa, you know, Bhakti Danta Prabhu Hamsa Sari, something like that. And like, yeah, just, Prabhupada. To, just to rhyme yeah. that in a, in a song is hard enough. But then, like, hearing that and yeah. being like, who is that guy? And, and looking it up, like, I could probably think of a hundred moments like that in just Jedi mind tricks alone, you know, not to mention all the other rappers that were associated with them where you would hear just one phrase that you could then search possibly with more results in that time than now, but you would search something and find all this information and be like, Whoa, all right, this guy's not just making stuff up. He's citing sources in a way. Yeah, so like his divine grace, Prabhupada, right? He's the founder of the Krishna movement, right? So he developed the whole like Hare Krishna um, uh, movement out of like, uh, I think, uh, like Varanasi or, um, uh, yeah, out of like Northern India. So the the importance in that is... um, all of that is an, is uh, initiatory. So it's these like rites of passage, uh, passage into the body of, of spirituality and literally your spiritual body. There's a test of capacity each step along the way. And what yoga introduces is a methodology and a system to increase your capacity to receive more and more guidance along the path of growing and expanding into your spirituality. Right. And so then comes the choice of what path are you going to go on if you're going to adopt yoga, right? So like I was saying, there's bhakti, there's karma yoga, which is literally just like selfless action where you're just, you're living your life in a way where you're in servitude to the people around you and your community and your friends and family. Um, then there's like Raja yoga and Hatha yoga and Kundalini yoga and Kriya yoga. So like the list goes on of, of what you can do. And the, most general thing is that now in our society, Hatha yoga and Vinyasa yoga and doing a physical practice is the easiest gateway, right? Because it's so commercialized that you can go anywhere. You can go on YouTube and find thousands, if not millions of yoga videos, but there's a test to who will be the true adept, right? It's just like an occult mysticism, right? Like anyone could go and buy an occult book. Anyone can go and order like the Magus or, um, like, um, 
uh, the the tree of life. Solomon, yeah, the tree of life, right? And like, and then the Kabbalah, right? So like, anyone can just order that stuff. But then there, then there's an innate test of are you a true adept, and how that's measured is by these subtle synchronicities that are being given to you, and that you're receiving through a spiritual guidance of your higher self. Right. So then there are these spiritual beings who then become present in your life that are invisible that you don't see that supply you with more initiations. Right. And so then it's, it's really your own job to be mindful of that and to be keen on observing it. So then you can decide for yourself the depth of which you want to go. And that's why for the most part in yoga, most people stay on the surface of like, yeah, it's great fitness. You know, like I've lost some weight. Um, it's helped me with my injuries. It's helped me like connect to myself. It's helped me. There's like these basic kind of psychological, physiological things. And then <clears throat> there's what can I do to go deeper? And then this, what, this is what can lead into sound healing, right? Cause then suddenly you find this obscure yoga studio and you look on the schedule and you say, and it says like Nidra yoga with sound healing. And you're like, what the hell is that? And you go to the class and it's a, it's a yoga of sleep. And then you see the person sitting there and they're just guiding you through a guided meditation. They have singing bowls. And then you just lay down in a comfortable position and you basically just fall asleep and you have like the craziest dream you've ever had. And you're just surrounded by all this sound and you're almost like taken out of your body and lifted out and you have this phenomenal experience and you come back and you're like, what the hell was that? I need to do more of this. And then suddenly that was the next initiation. And then you start becoming adept to not only being able to be taken by the sounds, but then you can start to navigate how there's a healing process involved and then it like dawns on you. You're like, Oh my God, this is all about healing. Like this whole thing about spirituality is all about the evolutionary process of healing. And then like your journey really can like really starts right then and there. Wow. I Tara, you got to hear this. I, I, I'm like jumping out of my seat right now because Tara has these awesome sound bowls and I'm sure she's heard of Nidra Yoga before, but I don't know if she's had the idea to play them while I'm sleeping or napping. And I think we're going to try that out. The, the listeners, yeah, the man, show were, they were encouraging me to do DMT and I have made the decision. I'll clear it up right now and the year anniversary to not do that because, and I think the Yogi might support my decision here. I, I think I, I don't need to venture into those realms with the use of a substance. I think I can just, explore that with the most being cannabis maybe mushrooms i don't need dmt but sound bowls now you're talking my language if i could go into a lucid dream state with these sound bowls that's something else we're definitely going to try that maybe we'll set up a camera and have 
uh, have Tara doing the sound balls while I'm sleeping and, and I'll wake up and talk about my dream. But wow, that's intense. So have you done, do you have any sound balls? Do you work with sound balls at all, Yogi? I don't. My roommate and my best friend, Chris, he's also a fellow yogi. He is like the sound healing master. Like he's got um, his own line of like crystal singing bowls that he like makes. Like, yeah, he's got this like distributor in Asia that he just like formulates these like crazy, like the craziest things you've ever seen. You know, they're like, like iridescent rainbow metallic, you know, with like quartz and all sorts of crystals. And there's like laser etched, like sacred geometry, like in the bowl and on the bottom of the bowl. And like, yeah, it's amazing. And send me a link to that. We'll put it in the description. Yeah. I I don't, I think I can just send a link to his Instagram. Cause I don't even think he has a website. He's just like, he's the funniest character about all this stuff. But uh, yeah, like he does sound healing journeys every two weeks that we go to. And it's honestly phenomenal. And the thing is, is that we're so conditioned by the music industry to only consider sound and music as something based on the performer and the band and the type of music. Right. And, and what's been happening and coming out of the spiritual community is this reprised kind of ancient practice of sound healing where using different Hertz and different frequencies. So if you're going from like 432 or 440 or like 536 or 586 and and up and up, that the sound itself and the frequencies actually has an effect on your cellular biology, that everything is in resonance, right? So it's just like if you were to look up on YouTube, the the sand plate kind of like uh, demonstrations. Yeah. So if, if that's happening just to sand, right, what is that doing to the water in our body? So this is where we want to actually place our focus and concentration is that the water itself within our body is being tuned by the sounds that are around us, right? And then it's going to affect our whole physical system. And this is something that I actually wrote in my book in understanding how to actually get into the Akashic Records and what the Akashic Records are. Surrounding all of our connective tissue, our organs, it's like just past the last layer of skin. There's something called the superficial fascia. And it's this like string-like substance that basically holds everything together inside of our body. So it's around every single organ and it basically allows the organs to have its shape. And there's this really neat video on YouTube of this fellow for the first time using like the, um, like the surgical microscope to look at the strings of the fascia. And what you, what he sees and discovers is that there are these like little water droplets that are being carried around on this like web, like fascia structure. And so this is the structure within us that water uses to actually transport itself all over the body. Right. And so the realization that I have is that you have this fascia around your heart and that there's this water, this network and web of water that is literally around your heart. And if your heart is generating electromagnetic field of 
energy that that electric magnetic field is interacting with the water web around your heart and it's magnified outwards around you. And so if, and I always forget his name, there's that like Japanese scientist that discovered like the memory of water. So if water can hold... uh, Masaru Emoto. Yeah. So if water holds memory, then your heart being like the center of your being, which I think is your, um, the source of your intuitive intelligence, that your heart is broadcasting into the water and the water holds the memory of all that is contained within your heart. And then it's kind of magnified out around you. Right. And so then that is always happening around you. Now, whether we want to think we see it or not, right. Cause we can't it's invisible, but sound vibration interacts with it. So when you listen to really violent music, when you're listening to like particularly designed mainstream music, what effect do you think that's having on that field of water, like magnified energy around you and what it's doing to your heart and what it's doing to the memory and then in turn, what it's doing to your brain. Right? So if you put yourself into a position and into an experience where you have these beautifully created crystal singing bowls that are broadcasting these frequencies out and harmonizing together really beautifully and interacting with that field of energy that you can use that as a way to actually enter into your heart and enter into the memory of all of that water. And I think that is what the Akashic record is and how you actually access into not only your own like timeline, but also your ancestral timeline and then the earth's timeline, right? Because it's all connected through our hearts in that sense. Wow. And so that was like, I love that. No download, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us here. And as you're describing the, the fascia and the water around your heart and it being magnetically amplified, I kept being reminded of quite literally listening to my heartbeat that ba-boom, 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 ba-boom drumbeat of the heart that is like literally pushing outward it's creating that rhythm those waves that are then carrying that energy that you described Masaru Emoto doing such a great job of immortalizing that truth Mm -hmm. about water because now I mean I think this is the fifth podcast I've talked about him on (laughs) and there's so many people who who share such good knowledge about him but wow Yogi this has been short and sweet and we got to have you back for a longer form episode on music because you are a musician yourself and I definitely have to check out your work and give you a fair shake because you know I've read your book that you sent me I loved it I thought it was really informative but I haven't I haven't seriously taken a listen to your music so here I am confessing 
and promising that I will listen to your music and I hope the listeners do as well. So can you tell us where to find your music? And, and of course I'm going to follow up with you and we'll plan that out. Cause I think we can get into a whole two hour conversation about just that topic alone. Yeah, for sure. So you can find my work on my website is zoranunda.com. So Z-O-R-A-N-A-N-D-A.com. Um, on there, I have my book. I have two albums. I have a third one coming out soon. I'm hoping in the next like week or so. And then I have my meditations as well. So my focus right now is, yeah, really getting people to listen to the music and, and purchase the book. Because I, I just am so passionate about all this work in the heart and and getting that to people. So, yeah. And, you know, I appreciate having this opportunity to speak on that piece and to kind of blow some people's minds and just show the power that we have just within our chest, right? It's like it's really what's providing our life. So, yeah. Right on. Yeah. And, you know, you've listened to my show you're a musician. I try to make my show as musical as possible. I don't know if you've listened to any of the more uh, recent episodes, but I have like three different songs per episode now, thanks to this new program I'm using where there's all this, you know, royalty free music. But, you know, I think that's super important. So I'm definitely going to clip some of what you said for the interlude for this episode. And folks, check out Yogi's podcast, Yogi Zorananda. Renegade Yogi podcast experience born here on the my family thinks I'm crazy in a way but it wouldn't be possible without you dude you're a huge storage of information especially on the topic of yoga another thing I want to bring you back on for is this book because something I I think Tara and I are going to be doing is diving into more books as the weather gets colder and there's this book, I think I mentioned it the first time we talked, it's called Sinister Yogis. And I want to like read it and then maybe share some of it with you. And then we can do an episode where we comment on it. But folks, thank you for tuning in to this special year anniversary episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, where I reconnect with the friends that I have made over the past year, Yogi being one of those special friends and Yeah, brother. Thank you so much. And we'll move on to the next segment now, folks. Thanks for listening. Since this podcast and my family thinks some crazy podcast started, welcome back. And yeah, man, you were a big part of my podcasting start because, you know, Dangerous World Podcast, one of the first shows that I was ever a guest on as a legitimate like guest with a subject. And it was cool to like prepare. And, and that was around the time that I got on 
tinfoil so it was helpful for you guys and you know got you guys yeah. into that realm and and all of the cool people that you've introduced me to even you know ron from new england who's gonna have a segment on this episode as well i wouldn't have known him without your show so dude props to you and and for those who haven't heard you before on my show would you tell us maybe like who you were before you got into podcasting and like what opened you up to like, all right, I got to do this. Maybe remind us. Cause I know we probably talked about this back in episode eight or nine that we did together on this podcast here. Oh yeah, man. Well, dude, first of all, man, that's a very kind of you. I got a little emotional, honestly, cause no, I, you know, and, and it's crazy to think dude, like the small reach that you may feel like you have, you know, when, when you hear numbers, like, you know, this show has millions and millions of downloads, you know, not my show, but like when you hear like a Rogan type show or a Tripoli type show, when you hear about the, the numbers and you see the reviews and the amounts that they get, you don't feel like you have as much of a significant voice, right? But it's kind of, it's not about like how many people you get out to. It's like who you get out to and who those people get out to. So that's what's really, really fascinating to me. And quite a few shows have started up after, like, I, I'm encouraging people to start their own podcast. And that's really cool, dude. And I just, then when I got here, and I know that that's a stretch, but it's a goal that I'm working towards, man. So as far as who I was before I started the show, man, I don't know how much time we got, but there, there was just, I've had a, a, a crazy life, dude. I, I had brilliant incredibly awesome parents that treated me like a child, but also like a sibling. So I, I mean like just incredible relationship with my mother and my father. I've got a young sister who is, you know, just kind of coming into womanhood. She's 17 right now. And it, it's really great to see just, you know, how influence can kind of work differently with different people. But yeah, man, I, as far as, as before the podcast, I, was just a normal dude. I still am. I consider myself just to be like an everyday person. I still have a day job. More people need to subscribe to my Patreon so I can get away from that. But you know, I can't, I can't make anyone do anything. I know money's hard to come by these days, but yeah, man, just working all the time and, and, and uh, trying to figure out life, dude. And, but in the meantime, when I'm not hating my life working my day job, I'm learning incredible information and talking with great people like yourself. Uh, like you mentioned, Ron, Legit Bat, Joe, Jen, Ben, all those guys are great. Um, and then, you know, Brandon just left the show because he wanted to continue his indoctrination, or I guess he calls it education, right? But um, whatever whatever we're going to call it. But uh, yeah, man, it's just been an incredible journey, dude. And it's um, it, hopefully it's not even close to being over. Yeah, and we do got to include Brandon because he was a part of this. And shout out to yeah. him and his indoctrination. He's becoming a, a doctor, so maybe one day he'll indoctrinate others. That's great. <laughs> right? I know. It's a, it's a vicious cycle, dude. And who knows, man? I, I, do you ever think sometimes, like, we're wrong in doing this? Like, do you think that we're wrong to question the system? Like, well, I, I I think about that every once in a while. I do. I do definitely. And I think I've kind of gone too far to turn back now. And, um, you know, 
yeah, both of us kind of are are similar in the sense that we kind of started the our podcast with people who are now not on the show, like my uh, old co-host and friend Jay, who you know, with everything going on in his life, he's in a band, he, you know, he's got a real job working for you know a city in the state, so like. It started to to weigh on him, I think, like, oh, am I going to, like, get myself in trouble in my real life talking about this stuff uh, on this podcast here that's going out and reaching who knows who? Like, people in his office could have heard some episodes that he was on. And, and I feel for him. I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. I understand you got you got to protect your what you can make, and that's the path he's chosen, but... You know, I'm someone who, like, if it wasn't for podcasts, I would just be that crazy friend that wouldn't shut up about the Nazis and the occult and all this other weird stuff yeah. that, you know, we like to, you know, get into and dive into. So I'm super grateful to have found more and more folks like myself in you and Ron and Legit Bat and all these other great shows that I've I've made uh, friendships and acquaintances with. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm psyched to see what's next, but it's definitely, it's taught me a lot. I would say just one year of podcasting. I mean, you've hit your year anniversary already, right? We're going to, uh, well, yeah, I keep saying we, man, uh, we, I guess is now my multiple personalities, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so I am hitting my two year in March, 2022. Right on. And, uh, to, to kind of pound your point home about like meeting all these cool people, I have more friends now that I've never seen face to face around the country than I have in my own city, dude. Like, you know, I talk, I talk to you more than I talk to like kids that I grew up with in elementary school that I still consider friends, but you know, haven't, haven't, you know, talked with them in a while. And that's, what's kind of cool about doing this whole podcasting thing. And, um, the reason that we started in the first place was because Brandon was depressed. You know, he was going through some shit in his personal life. And I had been wanting to start a podcast just, just to have something to do. Um, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but then, you know, I heard tinfoil hat weirdly enough. And, um, I actually, I remember where I was when I heard about tinfoil hat and, um, I was listening to Doug Stanhope's podcast, driving to one of my stores on my day job. And he was like, yeah, we just did an episode with Sam Tripoli, a tinfoil hat. And I heard that name because I've always been a, quasi conspiracy theorist and i was like dude tinfoil hat that's gotta be something good and the first episode i heard was about the skinwalker ranch dude and oh. i was like oh yeah yeah so it was i was kind of late to get to the tinfoil no, hat thing. that's a good episode to get in on that's when like tinfoil started like really hitting a hot really street. going yeah yeah dude and then like i started going in the back catalog and it was like the black cube of saturn and all this crazy stuff and i binge listen to every episode dude and then like i listened to his old old shows and i was just like dude i can do this you know what i mean it's not not taking anything away from sam at all because he's great at what he does but i was like dude i can do this you know what i mean like yeah and sam's very honest about the lack of knowledge that he has right he's got a ton of knowledge but he's very accepting of the fact that he doesn't know shit and neither do i neither do you none of us know anything so, and that's what is kind of, you know, it's, it's almost like what, what would you call it? Breaking the fourth wall mm. where you're not saying that, you know, you know, when you watch like these people on the news on mainstream media, which I know you don't do too much of, 
But when you watch these people, they seem like they're the voice of God, dude. Like they know oh, the facts. Yes. And that's it. That's why I don't you know watch what I mean? it because it gets me so angry when I hear that. And I love that you give me gave me the opportunity to clarify because it's not that I am some kind of Luddite and like hate, yeah, yeah. you know, technology. And that's why I avoid the news. It's like it just really turns me inside out when I see the cond- so condescending yeah, nature to what they're saying, especially in the past. Because I used to love shows like The Colbert Report and The Daily Show. You sure. know, like that kind of era was eye-opening for me in a lot of ways. And, like, I remember it's so funny because Tara and I were <laughs> at this uh, conference type thing and Vice was outside trying to, like, get interviews with people who they were probably going to spin as like wacky spiritual people who were anti uh, jab. And, uh, and it, it was just so funny. Cause I remember vice being like this kind of really powerful thing at first. Like I was like, Oh wow, these, you know, and now in hindsight, I'm like, I totally got psyoped into thinking vice was cool. And like now, like here's the universe giving me another chance to be like, F you vice. I'm done with you. Well, you How know? far have they fallen? Dude? <laughs> right. They have fallen so far. Cause they, I mean, you're not wrong to think that they were dope. They were sick in the beginning. They were really, really good at what they were doing in the beginning. Because uh, they were true liberals, mm. and now they're more establishment, or they're more leftist, I guess you would call it. Mm. Um, you know, liberal meaning like just believing in alternative information and believing in, in the idea that uh, there's not a, a solid truth to anything. And I think that that's something that you can relate to, because like, what's normal? What's true? What's like? What's like the absolute way to operate in any given situation? whether it's a boat sinking or whether it's just day-to-day life, dude, like everyone can go about their own way. And like, so for instance, in this podcasting world, you're taking a different approach than I am, but who's to say who's right. There's no one, you're not more right than I am in your approach than, than, you know, or, or vice versa. There's no way to know until you're not on this planet anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's a weird, weird, concept and i'm probably not you know articulating it correctly but i just think that it's a weird weird time that we're living in not only that but it's just like this this genre of work or this this you know whole whole deal is uh is it's unique man and i I want more people in it because this is a different type of thing where if you have a clothing company you don't want more clothing companies like yours to come out right but me being a conspiratorial type podcast I don't think that there can be enough conspiratorial podcasts out there. And I want more and more because not only is it going to solidify my work, which I I work hard at this, you know what I mean? I I don't get to work as much as I want to at it, uh, but I do work very hard at it. But when there's more and more voices out there, it only makes your voice louder. I think Mm, Yeah. So it's just, it's a weird deal. It's a weird, weird genre. Yeah, no, I encourage anybody to start a podcast. That's why I started the cooperative because I saw, you know, even a couple of months in people would hit me up. You know, I only had 20 episodes and people would say like, oh, I love your show. I want to start my own. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just getting started too. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's so funny to me, like, you know, our stories, how parallel they are, because I definitely see a lot of, you know, 
what you experienced with Brandon and what I experienced with Jay because Jay and I were kind of in that same boat and I'm happy to hear like it seems like Brandon is happier than he was before he started the podcast with you. Yeah, dude. You know, and I, uh, I actually reached out to him. I was like, Hey man, I think it's about time you come back on and we do another episode, you know, cause we had this idea of an episode that we wanted to do talking about like music, like hit songs, stairway to heaven, mm. uh, hotel, California. There's some system of a down songs that have really occult meanings to them. And, um, and he was like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm super down, but, uh, we haven't done it yet. You know what I mean? And so like, I know, that he's busy and he's preoccupied and someone like him, that's very intelligent, but also different, right. A little, little different than, than most, which, you know, again, what is normal? I don't know, but he's different. He, he needs to be preoccupied. And I think with his schooling or as we call it indoctrination, uh, you know, he's out there and he's having fun. And I think that he's, he's, he's uh, doing what he thinks is meaningful. Right. I mean, Louis CK had a great joke where, he was kind of trolling the military in a way where he was like, this guy signing up for the military thinks he's protecting the country and that's noble, right? That's, that's exactly what I think it is when it, when you're going to, to further your education. Um, he thinks it's a good thing and that's really all that matters, man. I think that I, I'm quite positive that he's going to affect some people in a positive way. Um, so that's, that's all that matters, dude. And that's what I try to do here. I'm not a learner in the university sense or the, the scholarly sense. I can't sit there and listen to someone that's probably a Marxist and probably a communist, right? I can't sit there and listen to them tell me how the world works and how to uh, perfect my craft. Because quite honestly, I feel like I'm smarter than they are. And I, I don't think I'm very smart. I'm very open with about that. I don't think I'm a smart dude, but I have so much more common sense than 99% of people that I interact with throughout the day that, uh, I, I can't in good conscience and good faith sit there and listen to someone, uh, about how to make myself better. So I'd rather get out there, interact with people like yourself, interact with people that listen to your show and my show, and um, spread this crazy information, dude, because uh, as much as, as I say it's crazy, I think it's very real. So, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun to get into, and I, I prefer this this method. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Right on. I mean, I'm a little speechless because it is, it is like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, you're a, dr- you're a delivery driver. I was a delivery driver. You know, we both kind of came to podcasting from the same perspective, uh, you know, I'm wondering, Grimerica show, the higher side chats, obviously tinfoil hat for both of us, but, you know, what are some of the influences you're taking on now? Because obviously we just talked on your show. You mentioned you haven't really been talking about COVID in a while. I imagine, you know, you're not watching the news, but you're definitely listening to podcasts, right? So what are some of your influences now? And, and like, what what have you been getting more and more interested in lately now that you're kind of taking the the ship full steam ahead? Because that's, that's what I've done since episode 54. You know, other than my girlfriend, I haven't had any of my old co-hosts on the show. It's just her and I. And, uh, and I've taken the show in a, in a, the same direction, but I think we've, we've honed in on what 
our audience is interested in and, and it happens to be all the things I'm interested in, but what are some of your influences now and where is that taking you to, to ask you two questions at once? <laughs> well, yeah. So as far as influences go, man, um, I am, like I said, at the beginning of our conversation here, I'm incredibly lucky to have a mother and a father Mm. Like I have, uh, outside of, of the whole podcasting realm, they are extremely influential and, um, they support every fucking thing I do, dude. So like that, that to me is, um, I feel incredibly lucky to have that. So I, I can't mention influences without, without mentioning them at all. Um, but as far as podcasting goes, dude, crazy as it sounds, man, Alex Jones, dude, I think that his method of doing things is incredibly, incredibly unique. And I mean, it, he's a, he's a, a, a trailblazer. Um, I don't think that he's a hundred percent authentic. I will say that, but um, I, I'm a big fan of his method and his marketing. The dude is a marketing genius. Um, and I think anyone that thinks anything to the contrary is just a fool. Um, but I understand why people don't like him and all that stuff. Uh, I don't idolize the dude in any way, shape or form, but I think that, uh, I, I try to take that method. I try to be exciting. I try to, you know, um, make connections that a lot of people can't make, uh, you know, to tie it back to the episode that you and I just did on my show, connecting solve it, coagula and build back better. Right. I mean, that, that is, that is a connection that I haven't heard anyone else make. And I try to, uh, you know, with the help of a little alcohol, all things are possible as far as, uh, and, and for you, it may be marijuana, right? I know that you partake, uh, and, and it makes you think differently, right? Some people it's caffeine. I know for, for, you know, for your boss, Sam Tripoli, he's a sober dude, but you know, caffeine is, is legal cocaine, dude. Uh, and, and that will make your brain fire off uh, different synapses. That'll, that'll make you think some different things. Sam Tripoli is an obvious influence, like you mentioned. Um, and, but, uh, I, I can't, I mean, I don't know. I can't really credit any of them. You know, you're saying where, where, uh, where does their work get me today? I can't credit any of them because I do firmly believe that, that I am the one that, that got myself to where I'm at, you know, not to be, you know, ignorant or, or, uh, you know, smug about anything, but you can idolize people all day, dude, but you have to sit there and you have to do shit yourself just like you did, you know? And, and I appreciate the compliment that you gave me where, you know, I was a, a little bit of a, a, a tool to help you get, to start not a tool but a a really really beneficial influence and in i don't want to commodify you but you helped uh you helped me feel well no no accepted in in the community you know because i went from just being like uh, a dude who's been on tripoli's show to dude who's on shows you know yeah and and connecting people with tripoli too you know and when i say tool you know tool has a a bad connotation or whatever like Dude, everyone uses everyone. It's when you <laughs> okay. abuse. That's it's when you point. abuse. It's when you abuse right. or you overuse someone, right? I'm using you. You're using me. You're using Sam Tripley. Sam Tripley is using you. But if he abuses you or you abuse him or you abuse me or I abuse you, that's that's the big difference there, dude. So, no, I think uh, I think people are put on this earth and we all live together to use each other but it should be mutually beneficial to everybody. So um, that's not to say that, like I said, I've been influenced by many people. And by that, I have used Alex Jones without even meeting him. I have used Sam Tripley. 
Um, and, and, and in all honesty, getting on his show really grew my platform massively. I mean, you know, I, I'm really, really proud of, of where I'm at in this world. And I have you to thank for that. So I used you in that way. But again, I'm not abusing you, right? And this is just 100% factual to me. I think that uh, people have to use each other in order to uh, not only help themselves, but to help that other person. Because I'm sure that you've used me a little bit, right? We've used each other. I love that you're making this point because I think people, like you said, when we break that fourth wall and actually start your own podcast and you realize that it isn't a competitive thing and we can all rise together, um, it's like, yeah, wow, people do want to be on my show. And what what makes me so special? Like, I'm sure you've had that feeling. You've had some really amazing guests on your show, and so have I. And, and there's definitely a feeling of like, oh, wow, this person's really great. I got to, like, live up to maybe what they expect from a podcast. So that kind of elevates you, and you learn more. And then that, you know, process of actually, like, learning their information, too, kind of creates a connection between you and them because they're like, oh, this person actually gives a shit about what I'm investing my time into. So I've found that like, yeah, it's definitely an incredibly mutually beneficial thing. And I hope that the audience feels the same way, like they're getting something out of it and then they can go and support us on Patreon. Cause yeah, we'd like mm-hmm. to be doing this thing full time. You know, I'd like to be living in my own place and not off of, uh, you know, what's been given to me, uh, through circumstance and, and just, you know, luck of the draw. manifestation too. <laughs> yeah well you know what and that's I, I love that you turned it around for the positive because it is it is a lot of manifestation and i have a lot to be grateful for and uh and yeah the podcast i think actualized a part of my personality so you know considering that this is like a reflection on the past year like I've gone through so much since last October and you know, like I went from being pretty single. I was single the whole, the whole, uh, time Trump was president, you know, no relationships. I don't know if there's a correlation there or not, but, uh, but yeah. And then, you know, it seemed like creating this podcast really opened up a part of my personality that made way for this really awesome relationship I'm in now with Tara that I'm super grateful for. I I don't think that would have happened if I didn't take that step to create the podcast and become uh, a better version of myself, so to speak. Would you say the same is is true for you that you've become a better version of yourself since starting this? Well, yeah, dude, because like, I'm sure you can relate, but how much cooler is it to say that you have a podcast than to <laughs> fucking say that you're a delivery driver, right? I mean, like, not not that you don't have your own personality outside of that, but no, man, I mean, I don't lead with that, obviously, when I meet anyone. I, you know, I, I, I'm doing my thing right now, too, but yeah, man, uh, yeah, podcasting has, has absolutely, uh, you know, made me a better person, brought out some different uh, aspects of myself. I believe it or not, and, and I, I'm sure that, you know, and I, I, it's so hard to say these things without sounding like you're full of yourself, but I had a, a, a communications course in high school that I failed. I got an F in communication because we had to give a speech in front of the class. And I would be able to fucking do that in flying fucking colors right now. I would be able to shred a speech, but I was so scared to get up and talk in front of my peers. But I talk in front of my peers 
every single day almost. No, not every day, twice a week, three times a week. And, um, and yeah, man, I, I, I hope that someday I get the opportunity to be able to do this live in front of other people. Um, I, w- I would really relish that opportunity, but yeah, no, uh, you know, it, it, for me, uh, that is kind of a big change is like when, once you start being able to do this digitally, you get a platform. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be, I think last time I checked I'm top 1.5% globally. Right. Um, I know you're right. You're right there with me too. So, I mean, how many people can say that they're top 1.5% of anything? You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if it's podcasting, basketball, educational, you know, mathematician, whatever. Uh, not many people can say that, dude. And, and unfortunately, top 1.5% of podcasting doesn't make too much money, right? But uh, I think it will someday, man. And I think, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not intending on going anywhere uh, down or, or backwards or anything. And I know you do the same thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I did kind of want to go back to the whole manifestation idea, dude. It's not just manifestation, Mark. I think that what you're doing is actually hard work. Um, so, you know, manifestation is a, it's a fun, you know, new age type way to look at things. But we can't forget about the old school, dude. You're putting in the work. You're putting in a lot of work. And I think that work, it's not as glamorous as a word like manifestation. Feeling like you had the power to think this thing into existence. You're putting the pencil to the paper you're putting the hammer to the nail whatever fucking analogy you want you're doing a lot dude and you're and you really are um you're you're doing something dude and i i don't think that um and this is no offense to you this is no offense to me i don't think there's anything else we could do that would be better than this you know what i mean and and i think that there's a massive future in this for us um and, and not only us but you know anyone else that that really enjoys doing not only podcasting, but enjoys doing what they do. Um, that's, that's, I think 99% of, uh, being successful in something is actually enjoying it. Right. Amen. I couldn't have said it better myself. And with that folks, thanks for sticking with us for a year, many more to come. Like Ryan said, and look out for his two year anniversary coming up in March. Plenty of awesome shows coming out under the Dangerous World podcast feed. And uh, for folks who don't know, obviously, you got a podcast, so people can listen the same place they're listening to this. But where else could they follow up with you, Ryan? They can find you on uh, on Patreon, right? Show you some love there. Where else? Yeah, Patreon's a big, big support. Um, three, five, ten dollar tiers. And I was actually thinking about doing NFT style episodes where if you want to pay me a certain amount, I'm not sure what the amount is, but you'll get an exclusive episode that's just for you. And, um, you know, it'll be like, you know, a month, month or so worth of research. And you can do what you want with that episode. If you have your own podcast, you can put that on your feed. Uh, or you can, uh, you know, just quote the research. You can do what you want with that. That's something I'm working on uh, that will be through Patreon as well. Um, dangerousworldstore.com if you want to buy any T-shirts, which I always appreciate. Uh, you know, we have fun fun T-shirts that trigger, trigger the, uh, the sheep type people, you know, the people that are afraid to think for themselves. And, um, you know, that's, that's about it, man, just having a good time. Follow me on Instagram, dangerousworldpod. Um, but, yeah, man, just having a blast. Really thankful I got to meet you, Mark. And um, congratulations on one year, dude. That is a big, big milestone. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, yeah, likewise, I'm very grateful we met. And uh, 
and all of the other opportunities that have come up in between. I think I've been on your show a total of uh, three times as a guest and maybe now five times as kind of like a part-time guest towards the end there, plus the swap cast we've done. So, yeah, folks can check out the arc of the Ryan Dean, Mark Steves podcasting uh, <laughs> relationship. We're up there dancing in heaven together, Ryan, with these oh, yeah. immortalized <laughs> podcasts. So, dude, many more to come, man. I definitely love your uh, your innovation. You're coming up with new things. The NFT, brilliant. I think that's such a great way to to value yourself and who knows maybe someone will pay like a couple hundred bucks for something like that that'd be dope or maybe even thousands one day like i don't know it'd aim be great high. man i'm gonna aim well, high. yeah we'll start off in we'll start off in double digits but you know it, we'll see we'll see if it, if it becomes in high demand because yeah it's uh like i'm sure you know it's tough to research you know deep into these topics when you have a full-time job so you know it, it is what it is but uh yeah man i appreciate the kind words Right on. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to this unconventional, segmented, fun episode of the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast, bringing all of your favorite friends who've been on the show and my favorite friends, of course, into the My Family Thinks Some Crazy world. And Ryan Dean's family does not think he's crazy. Ryan Dean's family supports him because he's a hard worker, folks. So go over to the Dangerous <laughs> World podcast and support be inspired because I know I talk to him often and most of the time I talk to him, he's like, yeah, dude, I'm working right now. So the guy is putting in work, show him some love on Patreon, sign up for one of his tiers and join me because I'm there. I'm in his Patreon. Uh, all right, folks, on to the next, uh, on to the next friend. What's up, brother? What's going on, dude? How are you? Oh shit! <laughs> Got this set up, dude. My my sister let me borrow the the hangy thing back here. This is my tapestry, but there's like a you know a little frame. Yeah. And then her boyfriend let me borrow the webcam. Right on, dude. You're on borrowed time. I love it. What's going on? <laughs> nice to meet you. Dude, nice to meet you. This is so cool. Dude, likewise. Like hearing hearing your voice like not a recording, like talking to you. <laughs> Dude, that's I mean, and that's why I wanted to have you on for this episode. We're recording right now, just so you know. Oh, we're Yeah, brother. I roll right into it. We don't even right use into it. We, right. we use the mixer. We roll right into it, but Dude, you know, you probably heard me say it a hundred times on the show. Like I met Sam Tripoli after a comedy show, gave him a book, and then next thing I know, a couple of months later, I'm on his Patreon show. You know, so yeah, man. Yeah, I I would feel like a dick if I if I didn't do stuff like this and and met people because that's how Sam taught me this works. You know, you didn't he didn't big time Hollywood me just because I was a fan and like you are nice enough to be like, dude, I like your show. Not only did you say you love my show, but you created the sickest intro. 
I mean, at first I had to read the lyrics because I I don't have an ear for the heavy metal like I told you. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. as I listen to it more and more, I'm like, this is. I need to read it. lyrics too. I I love it, dude. And so yeah, man, I I really appreciate you liking the show, especially liking it enough to go and make me that, you know, intro song. So for folks who who don't know. This is Shane Newsom, the man behind that sick intro Whoa. song you heard. And you started a <laughs> podcast recently, right? Inspired by I'm many influences. Yes, indeed. Let's get into that. Tell me about the new podcast, bro. All right, man. So uh, I haven't dropped yet because, you know, I'm trying to just get a couple in the bank and stuff so I don't get ahead of myself. I want to try to release on a weekly basis. I'm not sure yet. Maybe bi-weekly at first, but I don't know. I'm have interviews rolling in. So like probably be dropping them weekly, man. Right on. Yeah. What? Um, uh, oh yeah. What? Well, let, maybe we can, maybe we can go in a little bit. I feel like I'm going jumping before the ship here. Tell me about yourself, Shane, because you know a lot about me. You've heard me talk on the podcast, yeah. but tell me about yourself. All right. Um, my name is Shane. Uh, from from Maryland. We talk with a slightly southern accent down here. We don't say water. We say water. We don't say creek. We say crick. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I live three miles from the Chesapeake Bay, by the way. Right on. So you're into that Susquehanna <laughs> magic, too. Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, my dad was a musician, so that got me into it. He's been playing in a band for, this is like their 30th year, I think, actually. Oh, wow. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's really cool. He's kept the same band together for 30 years. Um, so that inspired me to, to play. He taught me a little bit of bass guitar first because that's what he plays. And then uh, I got into drums, and then... That kind of uh, boiled out with my first band in high school because, you know, high school drama. <laughs> and then I got into guitar, and that's that's my that's my main instrument now. now. Oh, yeah, and this is my this is my old band. We got, we got uh, like, flag, wall flags, so I had to get one for the old band that I used to tour with. So pop that up there. Shout out Silent on 5th Street. Right on. And you have a new band, though? Oh, we're working on it. We're working on it. We have like 15 instrumentals, maybe like five of them with vocals on them. But like trying to get the, the live thing together, man, like there's only three of us. And like we require probably like five or six people if we're not going to use backing tracks. Mm. But so far, it's just been backing tracks. But it's hard. It's really hard to get everyone scheduled together too. like with with metal, like everyone lives so far away from each other. Like luckily me and the drummer live like five minutes from each other, but our vocalist lives over an hour away. So mm. you know what I mean? Yes. I know that a little bit past co-hosts on the show, my buddy Jay. Well, I don't know. He doesn't really consider me a buddy anymore to be Speaking honest. Speaking of Jay. But yeah, light one up brother. Yeah. I was but, hearing that man, but it's all good. He's uh, you know, he has, a band as well that he's really passionate about and they're doing great. And it's a similar situation where they don't all live in the same town. So there is a lot of like, you know, moving around and, and the band came first, which is why I made the decision to do the podcast by myself and connect to folks like yourself who are in a similar position 
creating their own podcast, you know? So tell me about that, man. Like what's your intention yeah, for, I knew some, but I didn't know them all. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. I knew some, but I didn't know it all. So that, I don't know. Somebody told my dad that a long time ago and like, he just has been saying it my whole life. So I'm like, yeah, that's the perfect name for my podcast. I knew some, <laughs> but I didn't know it all. So I'm trying to learn, learn more stuff. Hell yeah. What's on the top of the list? What are you trying to learn first? Dude, I don't, there's, there's infinity. So, you know, just the knowledge, just keep going up in levels. Like once you think you mastered something, it's like, Oh no, you're just back at zero. Just like the musical scale did. Well, let's start at like, level one. What was the first conspiracy or maybe truth overarching truth that you realized that was like, maybe like a, a Maybe we'll call it a red pill moment. We could also say like you you woke up, even though the Pepsi people, the libs took that phrase away from us. <laughs> okay, see, when I was like, I can remember being like really little and thinking very similar to how, how I do now. Up until I was probably like seven or eight years old and I got really indoctrinated into like the Christian faith and everything. And, uh, after I got about like 11 or 12 years old, the imagination just pretty much went away. So that was just really locked into like mundane life. And, uh, this magical stuff right here <laughs> showed it, showed me, showed me the way, man. I saw this, uh, this video on, uh, YouTube, the channel is called spirit science. And it's basically, they take this book, by Drunvalo Melchizedek called the ancient secret of the flower of life. And they just made it into like video content. So it was really cool. And I was like, yo, this shit's crazy. And, uh, you know, that just brought me on the, the spiritual path. And then I started taking psychedelics and that just kind of like reiterated what I thought when I was a little kid. And, yeah, dude, dude. I just had to I just had to tell my girlfriend that because that's a huge synchronicity. Spirit science. Yeah. I mean, she she's a part of the spirit science community in a sense. She goes to the she goes oh, to the what? uh you know, like the inner sanctum Zoom meetings that they do, so to speak. What? I that's not the name of it, but and dude. yeah, myself Oh, look at that. Yeah, man. And spirit science was big for me too. I loved the, I loved those, uh, patch man <laughs> animations back when I first was getting into joint. weed, I would check those out on YouTube and it was like, you know, it was definitely binging, you know, I would binge those videos, <laughs> but unlike what you would think of binging, it was actually probably the best binging i could have done but yeah there's a lot of truth For in sure, those dude. cartoons i love them yeah i went back and I, I i actually got the book that they got pretty much all that out of and dude like taught me everything about sacred geometry and if, if once we get into to probably get into some psychedelic talk later like i think to get to certain levels with psychedelics you have to have a certain knowledge and i think sacred geometry is is a big, big thing to that. Let's get into that right now. So, cause I All myself, right. I've had, I've had, you know, LSD experiences. I've had mushrooms experiences. Allegedly the allegedly. most I've ever visualized in that realm after like, you know, with my eyes closed was 
some sort of fractal geometric pattern, but I never, I never had like the machine elf moment. I never had like the pass it, breaking through the barrier and maybe I just didn't do enough, but I always sunk really deep into my surroundings and tapped into that. I felt like that was more what psychedelics did for me, but maybe I missed something when it, when it, when those patterns were, were floating by my face, maybe they were portals I could have jumped into. Possibly, but I think it also has to do something with dosage. Also done large doses. <laughs> yes. Um, but my experience, though, I've never experienced any other entity outside of myself. Like, it's, it's like, I don't like, I've never astral traveled. So that doesn't make sense to me, but I've inward traveled, I guess, dude. Like, I have, uh, like, expanded the whole universe to singularity and shrunk the whole universe to singularity <laughs> on mushrooms. Dude, that dude, tapestry I, uh, behind you is making me feel I, like uh, I'm shrinking into another reality. <laughs> I have a fan blowing. Hopefully it doesn't pick up the mic. It's a little warm. No, it's cool, man. It's cool. So... Wow, yeah, I, I'm feeling like, uh, like maybe I'm overdue for a, a mushroom trip because I have, um, oh, I have done it this year, but you know those warm days are are winding away. It stays pretty warm in Maryland, right? You guys don't have harsh winters down there, do you? Oh no, yeah, we do. Yeah, you do. Okay, no, well, I'm just yeah. Then <laughs> no, 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 no. We're just like. I don't know. Once you get Virginia, it's pretty similar to Maryland. And then once you get to Pennsylvania, it starts to get a little worse. And then you get up to you guys, you know. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and, uh, man. I I've think, done a little, a little travel in the north. I think, I think, the, I think the environment, though, plays a big role in it. You know, like... That setting, dude. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I've, I've probably... I've definitely tripped on a nice cold winter day and like absorbed that energy. But, you know, what what do you say to that? Have you gone outside on some like nature trips? You mostly oh, like yeah, going dude. deep within like cuz I've had the same thing where I go like, "Oh, I'm I'm in bed Alan Watts 24 hours Man. straight listening on YouTube." Yeah. I've had those, but then I've had the other side of it where you're like hiking up a mountain, and you're like from sunrise to sunset outside. Yes, yes. Um, dude, I I probably tripped around 50 times, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> allegedly. And um, they're all, I, I got to say, like, my first 10 or so were not, like, like, it was definitely lots of insight, but it was, like, preparation for it taking me inwards. Because all most of my high dose psychedelic trips, whether it be LSD, mushrooms, mescaline, DMT, all get to a point where it is like the DMT trip. I don't know if you. I don't think you. I think you said you haven't smoked DMT. No, I have not. That is the most intense fucking thing in the world. Yeah, but yeah. So I, I've experienced it all, man. Like this. Ch- this is really cool. This is just a little short story. I do not. Do not do this. Do not suggest this. Do not condone the use of anything besides food, water, 
and oxygen. Okay. <laughs> Get that um, out of the way. Okay. So me and my buddies decided to go riding dirt bikes. We're big dirt bike riders. And, um, dude, I was just killing it, man. And I remember at one point, like, me and my buddy were riding next to each other. And the engines just harmonized. And it sounded like angels singing. <laughs> but then I remember riding through the woods. And there would be, like, a sticker bush sticking out on the trail. What? I could like where I, where it was, where it'd be growing. Like I would drive through, I didn't have gloves on. It would have like just tore up my knuckles, but I could see like multiple different paths that it could have grown. And when I got to that point, the fucking bush switched to one of the other places that had grown where it's not hitting me in the hand. Dude. So you're Um, having like a, you're having like a, a, like a fluid reality moment where like what could have been a pricker bush is like being altered by your perception of it and the speed you're moving. Dude. Yes. And then I also remember, um, I was like, I was riding and I was like, I was good. I was good. I was just chilling. And then I remember I was like, Oh man, what if I fall? And immediately, as soon as I thought that thought, dude, I fell. <laughs> I was fine. I was fine. I wasn't going fast. Yeah. I just hit like a little stick and I fell. Yeah. But like. But that's the amount of, of conscious control like, you had over your reality in that moment. Sort of, yes. <laughs> like like in a kind of <laughs> unknowing way, you were really yeah. in control. You're like, oh, let me play around with this. Oops, shouldn't have played around with this. Dude, I've had another one where I was riding dirt bikes again with my other buddy. And, uh, for me, when I'm like getting ready to peak, people start talking to me and it'll be like, what the fuck did you just say? And then I try to start to talk and it's just like, uh, 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 I can't get any words out. And, uh, so, so I was like, you lose the language center of your brain. Lost, gone, gone. So <laughs> I just giving me anxiety. I was like, I just turned around and started riding. So I get in my backfield, dude. And I just start peeking dude tripping ball sack i become like i'm riding on a beach i'm riding through a city i'm riding through the like, a, like a, a jungle i'm riding through the redwoods like i was like everybody ever who's ever rode a motorcycle and i've also had another trip where i was playing guitar and i peaked same thing i was like Jimi hendrix on stage and then i was like fucking like and like everybody who ever played guitar like just went threw them all in like an instant but then it also felt like i was each one for dude there's no such thing as time i'm just rambling on because i'm smoking but no no it sounds to me like you're you're talking about that scene from harold and kumar where they're riding the cheetah and they're just like going through all these different places and it seems like they're going you know what i'm talking about your face is is that white castle or is that Yes, uh, Guantanamo White Bay. White Castle, the it's original. It's been so long since I've seen that movie, <laughs> dude. I'm sorry. Where, no, it's all good. Where I live in Connecticut, there's no White Castles, so it would be no like, White Castle here either. Yeah, it would be like a, a stoner kind of venture. Like you see that movie, and then you'd be like, "Oh, let's take an hour drive to the nearest White Castle," and then <laughs> you get there, you get there. It's like the middle of the Bronx is like the worst neighborhood you ever uh, seen, and you're like, "Oh, I don't know if we should go." in there it doesn't look too safe. <laughs> i'm sure you guys have some i've been to baltimore I, i'm sure there's a white oh, castle there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if there is but oh man baltimore's a trip yeah man bro. well i'll tell you what uh, i think there is something to it you know 
it's whether you're tripping or not, there's a magic to the landscape. And I got to ask you, you know, you said you're near the Chesapeake Bay. You know, what are your thoughts on the whole Washington, D.C. ley line, the Susquehanna magic? Obviously, Michael Wan, I'm sure you've heard of him before. I can't yes. stop talking about him. <laughs> I love him. I've just like I've just been starting to get into it. So, like, I kind of knew a little bit about the ley lines from like the spirit science stuff. And, like, there's, like, a freaking military base on, like, all these, like, sacred points on the earth and shit. And uh, so that's kind of my extent of my knowledge on it. And I know, like, a lot of power lines run down the way lines and stuff. You ever go but, to any, dude, like, I don't... weird places in your area? Like, you know, like a, like a scary, haunted-type place that, like, the kids talk about? Like, oh, don't go there, you know? Well, I mean, there's this one place that's kind of, like, it's like a half hour for me. It's in the next County over. They, they have a cry baby bridge. And, you know, we went there a couple of times and nothing, but like, um, for like, I don't know, dude, this whole place is, is like mystical dude. Like this is like, you got to look up my town. It's called Chestertown, Maryland, dude. It's like one of the oldest towns in the fucking country. Um, has Washington College, George Washington, like, started the college here, mm-hmm. like, one of the first colleges in the United States, and, like, it's a crazy historic town, dude, and, like, I don't know, you just you just get the, the vibe, because, like, some of the Revolutionary War was fought here, and, like, I don't know, this whole place, like, dude, we're right, like you said, like, I'm on, I'm like, everything, my whole county is on the bay, so, like, you just feel that vibe all the time. I like, I haven't really noticed it until, until like, I don't know, recently, I guess. Cause, cause I've grown up here, you know, but I've been to other places on tour and I noticed how drained and like disgusting I felt compared to here, dude. Mm. Like, but then there's also other places that we stayed on tour. Like I remember staying in Colorado. We stayed, um, we stayed, it was like a half hour south of Denver. Mm, Pueblo or something like that? I can't remember the, the name, but we stayed at a Yogi Bear uh, campsite. It was sick. <laughs> okay. But I remember that place. That place felt like awesome. Mm. We hiked up this uh, this place called Dinosaur Ridge. Mm. And uh, it was cool. We saw some some dinosaur fossils in the in the rocks so i don't know if those are fabricated or not yeah what are your thoughts on dinosaurs bro i mean come on give me the scoop you saw dinosaur bones what do you think they were like actually giant bones maybe or something like that well like it was just like it was it was like fossils in in the rock so there weren't any bones there it was just like indents Mm. oh like so i could have easily been like cast in in, so you're saying uh, they were like where fossils were found. You could see like the like the footprints, the, so to speak. The in the yeah yeah it was like in the side of the mountain. Sorry, mm. you can't see me. I'm not my camera. I have a 40 inch TV. My son broke my TV in the living room, so we're using my computer monitor in in the living room for the TV. And this is my sim racing rig. Can't see the steering wheel. This is this is a chair, Rick Carter, but. Yeah, so right on. Cameras all the way up there. <laughs> You're giving me flashbacks to when Jay and Adam were on the show because they would always be playing this truck sim game, and they would like oh, be yeah, out no, I can't get into that. on the road, you know, while we're podcasting. I'm like, yeah, where are you guys right now? They're like, oh, we're on our way to Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, truck simulator. Sometimes I just put on like gameplay of that for my son. He just sits here at the wheel and pretends to drive. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, do you think that you you should be uh, indoctrinating him into the transhumanist society oh, that dude, easily? No, I, f- <laughs> I feel really bad about it, but like we're we're we're, we're a little rednecks, so we're kind of car people. Mm. So I want him to know how to drive, and like okay. he can. Like, it's like more sometimes. about getting him behind the wheel, not about getting yeah, him behind man. the computer. Yeah, man, I can't, like, really let him drive a real car I right now. That. No, no, I, I respect that. That's like, you know, <laughs> that's like what my dad did, taking me to, like, you know, the arcade smiles and sit me down in the NASCAR freaking race, yeah. you know, racing game or at the bowling alley, you know. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. That was my favorite game at the bowling alley. I don't know. I, Besides I mean, the gun one, the gun, like the zombie one ones mm. yeah I, I didn't i liked i like street fighter i like the spy yeah. one i like the spy one and i was never good at video games at like near me we had the smiles and like i don't know what it is i wasn't good at that and <laughs> i like i like games that i could do my own thing you know like open yeah. world like grand theft auto minecraft. yeah <laughs> minecraft things like that but you know that since this is the year anniversary like looking back i gotta say like the video game thing that was a big part of um you know maybe where my co-hosts my past co-hosts and i were not in the same reality because where my head is into podcasting and listening to podcasts they're totally into video games you know and that's fine yeah. you know that it's not my thing but it's their thing yeah. and, and i respect it and i used to play video games but i would listen to podcasts while i was playing and it was really like dawning on me like oh wow i'm really wasting a lot of time and then when i started my own show and i was still kind of gaming a little bit with them i was like this is really wasting time because look at what i could be doing <laughs> instead you know and, and who knows maybe when i'm an old man i'll get back into it and i'll love it or something but i'm so much more into the real world around me and yeah, playing man. the game of life you know like rolling the dice Absolutely. and going out on adventures and so that's the kind of thing i mean you've been on tour you know what that's like what was your favorite oh, yeah. place adventuring to obviously you mentioned colorado was there any other highlights to to those journeys dude like we we went around we've i've been to most states in the country you know the in, intercontinental states so like i don't dude there's a lot of cool places man um I really liked it up north, dude. We mm. stayed a lot of time in New Hampshire, and that was that was dope, dude. Uh, besides, like driving in a blizzard <laughs> with all my gear and my freaking bandmates in the van and sliding sideways up a hill, up a mountain. Uh, not a hill, definitely a mountain. Thinking I'm gonna slide all the way down it, but uh, yeah, it was good. Good times. I did that. We played eight uh, months ago. <laughs> oh no! Almost. Yeah, I got my down. car wrecked. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't wreck, but yeah, I almost slid down this mountain down in Massachusetts. The mountains come out of nowhere. You're Mass, driving flat, dude. and then all of a sudden you're going, <laughs> you know, nine degree grade up a hill. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, so another thing about like the like the different vibes, dude. I do not vibe with cities at mm. all, dude. I had to drive 
like around BC the other days. We're going to visit my wife's friend in Virginia. Mm. Which is this place called Cox Farm. It's like like a little kids like uh, like fall festival thing. They have like all kinds of different slides that are themed all fall and stuff. And there's like a little tractor museum, a bunch of old tractors and pick pumpkins and stuff. <laughs> but dude, I just like driving or just even near the city, dude, like just the horrible feeling like in my chest, dude. It's like, mm. I didn't do like, it's like, so you could just feel all the negative energy, dude. Like, mm. and I could remember like every single show in a city, just, feeling worse than when I'm not in a city. <laughs> so I just, to I don't it. know. Yeah, something no, to it. I'm with you, man. There's definitely something to it. It is draining. Like you, uh, you mentioned there are just some places and maybe that's by design. I don't know. I mean, nothing wrong with it. Like you can go ahead and live in a city. Like a lot of my best friends live in cities. There's nothing wrong with that. I just haven't even been to visit them because I don't want to go to the city. Mm. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. It's it's a headache. I mean, living where I live, we're not too far from New York City, and it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, just to get to the other half of the country, you got to go past it, you know, in some way, yeah. and that can yeah. be a nightmare, but, bro, Dude. it's getting late over here on the East Coast. We got to come back and uh, get together for yeah. a longer swap cast once you start publishing some episodes yeah. of uh, of your podcast brother but thank you for joining me on this uh friends segment of the the year anniversary podcast we've got some old friends and now some new friends this dude came out of nowhere with a cool ass song and Uh and i'm happy to make your friendship here dude live on the air yes sir we are brother cool man (laughs) (laughs) all right dude Good talking with you. Likewise, Thanks dude. for having me on. Yeah, this dude. cool. Yeah, dude. Stay in touch and plug your band, plug your music, plug your show. Obviously, you said you haven't published anything yet, but you have You have a YouTube <laughs> channel. You have places where people can go right. and support you right now. Right. Tell them to check it all right, out. So, all right, so I got Instagram. It's uh, Pod. I-N-E-W-S-O-M-E, pod. My YouTube is my name's just Shane Newsom. Same thing on SoundCloud. I got a couple things on there, some old stuff. And yeah, I have a lot of music that I have have yet to be released. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> so I'm working on that. But doing the podcast now, so well, and I see think, what happens. I think music and podcasting, like they go hand in hand. I was just talking, and this interview will be in this same episode with uh, Yogi Zorananda and he's a musician and a yogi and and we were talking about music and uh, dude I think music fits right into podcasting you know it's like we need more folks like yourself who are multi-talented not only to create content for us to listen to but like you created a dope intro song that I can use, you know, to give people a better impression of my show. I think you're, you're welcome into the podcasting community and, and I hope to hear more from you soon, brother. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Mark. All right, bro. Take it easy. All right, man.
motherfucker. I can motherfucking hear you, motherfucker. And you're on the motherfucking My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast right now. First things first, Alex. How the fuck you been, dude? Well, I'm like Samuel L. Jackson, man. I'm motherfucking okay, I guess. Snake. <laughs> There's a bunch of snakes on my motherfucking plane, though. You know what I mean? Mm. What if I told you snakes on a plane with predictive programming for, you know, the globalization of America? Mm. Interesting. That's a that's an interesting take on that term. So you're saying, like, in a sorcery-type way, it has a double meaning. Yeah, I mean, it's about all this, this China trying to infect us with this plane, trying to kill a, a witness. With a bunch of snakes is unorthodox method, and that's what they're doing now. They're like using China as some sort of like boogeyman, when really it's like the evil globalists that are trying to control us. You know, the Rothschilds or the freaking, you know, banking overlords, whoever it may be. Well, you were recently on Tinfoil Hat talking about some of this stuff. For sure, you're the guy I turn to when it comes to getting informed, even just in our little weekly conversations on the phone where typically it ends with with you taking care of your cats buying food from a fast food place there's wild circumstances you're a very busy man how do you have time to stay in touch with what's going on in world news and world politics are you kidding, Mark? Uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I read the same thing dailymail.com and I, when I say this that I read every article. I don't like, because Daily Mail is an algorithm. So it's like, it's like abbreviated short version of these freaking articles. You know I mean? You don't, you like don't even get enough information about it. But because I read that and like, you know, 95% of the stories are like fake or, you know, some sort of bias or some sort of, you know, like, you know, hidden meaning behind it or slant. It just keeps me up to date with what's going on. And you can actually see like, the you can see the slant you can see the bias it's so clear like I, I guess real journalists are supposed to go to journalism school and they're supposed to learn like not to have bias and all that stuff but i think even today in the indoctrination of these schools like they tell them oh it's okay to have bias it's okay to be like a political activist slash journalist which is not how it's supposed to be you're supposed to report it unbiasedly but that's done so you know the future of unbiased news or unbiased reporting it's gone, so it's kind of just deciphering the bullshit from the, you know, well, it, good shit. It's and it's become sales. They're selling a narrative. They're selling a team. Or right, selling clicks. Yeah, and they're and they're selling for these advertisers. Short attention spans are incentivized. But wow, all right, that seems well, like just, uh, it, just, it. Just blows my mind when you read articles where they say Larry Elder is a white, is a, is a black white supremacist. It's like the actual. Dave Chappelle sketch. Mm. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, that's just how you know we've gone full retard, as uh, Robert Downey Jr. would say. We're in We're in clown world. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a mark of intelligence, being able to read the news. They say, you know, very successful, intelligent men read the newspaper every morning before they start their day. So, you know. I, I think this is a modern day newspaper, but I'm saying I don't read enough, like, fiction. I don't read enough other stuff, but I freaking religiously read daily mail because it's almost like an anxiety thing like it helps my anxiety because most of the news is bad or something like it's almost like a distraction it almost is like fiction reading in a way i don't know how to describe it when you hear about like portugal is 
just a hundred. Literally, they say it's almost a hundred percent of the eligible people are vaccinated, <clears throat> and they're having the worst case of COVID they've ever had. But it's still not that bad. They don't even have that. Bad. It's not that bad of COVID, but it's like it's like the worst it's ever been. But they oh, they have like you know two hundred cases or something, isn't which is still not very many. Isn't it strange yeah. how places like Portland, Oregon, and Portugal are all free drugs? Like drugs are pretty much like legalized across the board yeah decriminalized and they also are just like totally in line with all of these politics i had chance garton on the podcast this episode hasn't come out yet um for the listeners but he kind of broke it down like listen i call all republicans coke and all democrats pepsi because that's all it is it's just soda and we're looking for that water you know that's the how i took the analogy is that we need more water less coke less pepsi because it's all the same let me give let me give you the perfect example they did it with a vaccine for all the people that are pro-vaccine they come out with like four different choice astrazeneca pfizer you know uh, johnson and johnson and moderna so they think you have the illusion of choice, and really it's no choice. You have to get one of these to even work. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's all about that illusion. You know, the Republicans are the same, and they're in bed with the Democrats. It's like, look at, look at this supposedly progressive, you know, what is it, a cinema or whatever, cinema, I can't even say it. Uh, they rushed her in the bathroom, you know, the congresswoman in the bathroom. Uh, because she wouldn't vote on this bill that establishes these DACA residents. So, like, she's not progressive enough and they still will eat you so there's not i would never i never want to be a uh, elected politician i don't know why these people would want to do it i think they think they're going to get some sort of cool clout with it but in this day and age like dude i would rather be a porn star i think than a politician <laughs> why even with only fans being shut down you'd, <laughs> you'd... i'm saying all events didn't get shut down i think i would rather be an only fans fucker than a um oh, than, i know that sounds crazy been like the, I mean, if I could no. make the same amount of money, Alex. No, that's a bad. That's bad, bro. Well, I'm probably am going to be a politician. Is the sad thing. I'm going to say this, <laughs> and then they're going to be like, and then Alex becomes a politician. But no, you know how that goes. dude. What Not are you mine. talking about? What are you, Trump over here calling your sh- calling your home run hit fucking before you even make the team? Dude, you don't know what I'm going to do, Mark. I'm capable of anything, man. Dude, you know what I mean? I'm like, not, I'm not going to put it past you. You're saying this world is so fucked up, dude. I mean, maybe I do need to go out there and disrupt some shit a little bit and uh, fuck some shit up. I mean, I'm not saying that I necessarily need to do that because I, like, I still think being a politician would fucking suck. But, dude, maybe I might have to run for sheriff of Dallas County if I get famous enough so I can go like Portugal and decriminalize drugs because I actually vibe with that. Like, you know, I, I vibe with a lot of the liberal politics. It's just they're too they're too far gone. You know, they're too crazy. Like, you know, they're taking it too too far. You know what I mean? Don't you think the sheriff's department in Dallas is corrupt? Yeah, I mean, I think every private police department is some sort of corrupt. You know, they'll like you know choose not to prosecute somebody even if they have evidence against them. Isn't that? I mean, everybody's corruptible. So, but what do you mean? What are you talking about? Particularly Dallas? Do I think they're corrupt? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Well, I'm just thinking about JFK, but one thing that Ben Owen Benjamin mentioned is how he trusts his local sheriff because he's in like such a small county. But on that note, he also mentioned that the sheriff has the uh, the power to arrest the president, and I assume he meant the president of the United States. Have you heard this before? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, yeah, like a president, a sheriff of Dallas County in Texas has like more jurisdiction than a lot of other people. They're the ones that actually enforce the you know, Texas Criminal Code of Procedure. 
so like yeah technically a sheriff like in texas they even have a lot more power like you know they, they theoretically uh, you know a county sheriff should have you know sometimes could have more power than the mayor i mean that's not how it's broken down but i think like if they wanted to push it a sheriff can really like write his own books i mean write his own rules when it comes to a lot of the procedure in a county mm, interesting yeah. so yes yeah. like, like like that's what, when rise... it comes to like law enforcement and stuff like that I don't know. They might be able to. I'm just saying when you're a sheriff, you're the top law enforcement official. So you can just, you know, that gives you a lot of power to do a lot of shit. Mm, interesting. Did you kind of see this like side of your city by, you know, being in the business that your father was in with the bail bonds, the bail bond stuff? I mean, of course, you know, I, I, we do with a lot of small counties and a lot and like Owen, I haven't looked at the interview, but yeah, I mean, you can trust, I believe, the people that say all elections are fake, I don't believe that because I know people that have run in small elections and won by a few hundred votes. And I think those are, you know, I think those elections were real. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, in Leon County, I don't think their election is rigged when there's only like 2,000 votes or whatever. I mean, could it be? Yes. I mean, has it ever been? Maybe. But I, I just don't think in general it does. So, like, the people that win those elections are probably okay people. Like, you know, I think Owen can trust his local sheriff. Uh but like everybody's corruptible. I mean, you know, everybody has a price. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what Ashish, I forget if, uh, he started his podcast or if he is hoping to start one, but I saw him on Saturday when I saw Sam Tripoli in New Jersey at the dojo, shout out to the dojo, Mike Romanelli. And Ashish was telling me that in India, when he goes to India, you know, things get done over there differently. He was like, you know, you carry extra cash on you, and if you have to bribe a police officer to get into a certain place, you know, that's just what you do. You know, he kind of explained it to me like that. So there's definitely... And then what he mentioned is, like, it's funny because uh, Indian people, he's an Indian gentleman, he was saying Indian people come here and think, oh, America's so great, they're not corrupt. And he's like, that's just because the corruption isn't on the surface like it is in India. It's it's very out in the open. Yeah, I mean, but is that better? Because I remember I lived in Los Angeles after I graduated, and I remember, like, me, you know, I was, like, dirt poor with these, like, other kids, and we were, like, doing extra work, and this kid is, like, from Russia, and he was, like, so poor. And I was like, you know, why would you come to America, like, with nothing and I mean, this is a kid, you know, like, you know, obviously like wants to make it or, you know, trying to make some of himself. But he said that his best friend was in a drunk driving accident and got hit by a politician's son. And his friend wasn't drinking. The politician's son was his fault. Like he was the one that was drunk and his friend went to jail and got in a bunch of trouble. And like, so that corruption, you know, didn't help him out because he was like poor. So that's why he's like, at least in America, it's less corrupt. This is what he thought is that his understanding of it was. Mm. And I was like, oh, I guess maybe it is less corrupt. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, the thought I gleaned from Owen was like, it doesn't really matter where you go, you know, but if you go somewhere colder, people have to work harder to get what they need to survive. So there's less, you know, troublemakers. And I thought that was a very interesting point, you know, comparatively, comparatively, you know, you're down there in Texas with all them troublemakers. I'm up here in Connecticut where, you know, you got to stay warm. I don't know. With modern uh, technology, it doesn't make that. That point kind of falls flat, but still. I don't want to r- totally rehash the tinfall hat episode. You can listen to it. The listeners will listen to it. But Did Owen talk about Flat Earth? He mentioned it, yeah. He talked about how he had uh, he put out a video. He, he briefly mentioned it. 
Uh, he put out a video called like the flat earth sniper who kept missing because he was adjusting for the curve. Something about that. Mm-hmm. He just mentioned it very briefly, but but yeah, yeah, it was a good it was a good interview. When I when he started talking about that, I was like, oh, Alex probably likes him. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, no, I like going a lot because he's a flatter. Yeah, no, well, I mean, that aside, I mean, I was very interested in what he's doing, you know, off the grid, like building houses and taking back his community in that way and, and building his own community since he got pretty much exiled from his comedy community, so to speak. But you're down there in Dallas. I mean, that's a pretty big pond. You've made some ripples with the mayor and whatnot. You plan on doing anything like that and going back onto those uh, public? On Thursday, on Thursday, I'm talking. There's a Parks and Rec meeting I'm speaking on. That they play on like the you know the channel, the Spectrum channel. The same thing they play the city hall meetings. Mm. And they recently did like a gay day at the park for like LGBTQ. So I'm going to bring that flyer and I'm going to say that like they didn't represent the trans people very much, and that I have an openly gay nine and eleven year old, and that they you know are both trans and they really like the gay representation, but there's no trans people there, and like you know there's no drag queens, there's no some basically just going to really kind of rail at them for underrepresenting the trans community. Mm. So you're you're really going to play into that trans angle and that's that's totally that's one of my favorite that's that's one of my favorite angles that's a cause that's near and dear to your heart for a lot of people who don't know out there alex has actually performed many sex change surgeries Um, i'm transitioning right now i'm currently in a transition mark all serious (laughs) all all dead dead serious no no cap as i said i like to say that it means no lie all these gay people in the gay community and i love i have gay family members i love the gay community i'm not anti-gay one bit i'm pro-gay as a gift but they say even now, there's the, the, the you can look this up. Daily Mail is one of the top articles. These people they try to write an op-ed for New York Times. The head gender, the two head gender reassignment surgery surgeon in the United States both said that too many kids are on puberty blockers and too many kids are getting unnecessary gender reassignment uh, mm. surgery, and that and that it should be only used in rare cases of like being born. And see, all of this surgery came out of Mark. Because uh, a lot uh, because kids were born intersex. Sometimes kids are born with a, a penis and a vagina, or they were born with deformed genitals. So at birth, sometimes they would have to tell the parents, "Hey, let's let's do the genital surgery now and put them on the puberty blocker." So you know, naturally, it's just they grow up a woman. Like let's say a boy grew up with like you know weird testicles or something wrong with it. And, you know, this is what a lot of times, because I learned about this. This is one of the first classes you had to take a general requirement at LSU. I remember, like, thinking this class is so weird. I was a college kid, and I didn't really realize they were brainwashing us. But it does make you think there are people that are born with genital mutations. So the idea that you need puberty blockers and gender reassignment surgery, you actually do need these people. Like, I'm not saying that they're even bad people, these two doctors. But the idea that a girl, like, they're even saying that they're, like, you know, they have poly genders where if they're wearing pants they feel like a boy and if they're wearing a dress they feel like a girl and that's fine but that doesn't mean you should lob off your cock or cut off your tits like they said the amount of what they call lesbians is called top surgery they said the amount of women removing their breasts is i mean i'm you're, you're gonna quote me wrong these women talked about it. it's up like ten thousand percent from 2010 to 2020 you know compared to the rest of the world it's like some astronomical number and the only reason that people ever got that surgery in the past was, you know, mastectomies for, um, you know, breast cancer. So it's just, this is a new day and age where, like, these women are transforming because of societal 
um, like fitting in, you know, there's all these, these sociological things that are encouraging people to be transgendered when in reality, it's like we can all play dress up. And I'm not saying people shouldn't, you know, playing dress up might not be enough for some people, but to go against our biology and to cut off our dick is a mental health issue more than anything. And that's just where it goes now. You know, that's where it comes down to. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of people connected to the depopulation agenda, connected to the transhumanist agenda. I myself don't know what to well, think because I think it's like the Baphomet because Baphomet is like a trans thing. You know, they love that and they love to trick you. They they want us to like a girl that was really born a boy. Or they want us to like a boy that was really born a girl or something. You know, they like the inversion. So that's kind of what the trans is. It's the inverted. It's it's the opposite. It's like the transition to, yeah, I guess you could say the transhumanism, but it's, it's almost like the satanic Baphomet um, uh, combination. Like we're all going to be in the future. One race and one sex is what they want us to be. Mm. Yeah. The homogenization of, you know, a diverse species of human beings while, saying that they're out for diversity when really they're talking about, you know, mixed genders and how in 50 years from now, there's not going to be race. It's just going to be a bunch of mixed races. It's like, eh, I don't know. It sounds to me like you guys are just putting us all through these plastic molds and hoping that we come out in your cookie cookie cutter, cookie cutter. That's a good term. Yeah. Cookie cutter. Um, situation you know people can only fit within certain archetypes that they create i don't know man it's definitely dark stuff that's why again i'm more focused on getting back to nature getting off the grid but uh you know totally respect and and give it up to guys like you who do dance around in the matrix with the devils and the sheep and the wolves what are your thoughts on uh, on self healing and, and like I know you joke around a lot about smoking bud, but as far as I know, you're more of a lot like a bowl guy. You smoke bowls every now and then. Yeah, I smoke a bunch of bowls. I need to stop doing it because I'll clean my pipe and then it gets so dirty. Like two days later, I'm like, mm. shit, that's my lungs, and something's going on, Mark. Is I'm getting all these freaking in my algorithm, all these videos of like pig lungs next to like unhealthy lungs and like, like, you know, lungs out of the body. If it's healthy, I'm watching these videos, you can blow them up and they contract and, you know, they decompress really fast. The more healthy they are, the faster they go back to the normal size. So then they're like blowing up these like smoked out lungs that were all black. They were literally black. So, you know, you can say maybe it's cigarettes, maybe it's weed too. Mm. And they pump it up with air and they, the lungs take like forever to deflate. And I now, like, after watching these videos, I'm like, oh, shit. Now I know, like, how my lungs sit in my body. And, like, <sighs> like my lungs don't deflate instantly. You know, they take a second to deflate. So I'm a little well, worried. I got to figure what you out gotta do. Here's what you got to do, brother. You got to go back to how they did it in ancient times. Because people always get this misconception that smoking is bad for us. When the truth is, smoking's been bad for us since the advent of big agriculture being the main source of people's smoke. 
you know, tobacco sprayed with all kinds of chemicals and then even processed with even more chemicals. I mean, the anti-smoking establishment has, I think, you know, gone under the radar in a way because a lot of people just see that as like, oh, well, obviously smoking's bad. But I think really what the anti-smoking campaign did was it took a lot of the attention off of the big chemical industries and pinned it on, you know, this cigarette smoking, tobacco, nicotine being the cancer causing when really it's just the slew of chemicals that we're being toxified with. Because if you look back far enough, people have been smoking tobacco for thousands of years and they there's no cases of like people dying young from cancer. There were elderly people who lived until their 90s smoking tobacco out of a pipe every night and every morning. You know, they and I think that's the other side of it is like the methodology through which we smoke nowadays is very uh, hot, which is probably worse for our lungs when, you know, in those days they would have had like a long wooden pipe or, you know, even further back in time, there's evidence of people basically digging holes in the ground and creating like a pipe in mud and like clay sort of pipes right yeah i wonder how would they do that i guess like bamboo or something and then they were just like i don't know i don't know that i've heard i haven't heard that one but the long stick you think they would do that so the smoke would cool i mean i guess it's mm. like bongs have ice catchers right yeah bong would probably be the modern version of it in a way but yeah i think there's something to it when you when you're smoking herb in a plant a piece of wood that grew in the same area and is, you know, naturally made, not like treated with chemicals. I mean, glass, I don't I don't want to say that glass is treated with chemicals because I don't know. But I just, I feel like glass isn't really a natural thing for us to be smoking out of. So I've never particularly enjoyed smoking out of pipes or bongs or anything like that. I only use blunts, but... I'm just totally... You only use blunts. That's that girl I dated. Like, she said she like only used blunts, too. I'm like, well, how do y'all have enough weed? I mean, to just, I mean, that's a lot of marijuana to roll blunts all the time. But I guess she would roll skinny blunts. I don't know. But she always well, did. Depends. That's how she liked to smoke it. It depends. Here's the thing. It depends on what you smoke out of. Because if people use the wrong, you know, the wrong type of tobacco, then they're going to want to use more weed because they want to offset the harsh flavor of the tobacco with weed. Makes sense, right? When yeah, you, but you don't leave any tobacco in there. No, 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 no. I'm saying like if you use like a flavored game or whatnot, like yeah, they smell nice and they might have like a initial flavor, but it's just pretty harsh. So people put, you know, a lot more weed in a blunt rolled like that to compensate for that kind of harsh taste. Whereas with the tobacco I use, it tastes smooth. You know, it's not treated with some kind of flavor. So it's just more natural version of tobacco. In my opinion, people might tell me otherwise, but yeah, you don't use as much weed. And I, you know, I don't smoke the whole thing at once. I'd, Put it down. You don't. You save it. You yeah. Because that's another thing. Is like then I, I can't really smoke the whole thing at once. You know what I mean? It's a lot of hits, and then it gets so smoky. It's almost like a cigarette. You know, it's hard to kind of finish it. Yeah, you got to get into it. It's not for everybody. I mean, you know, my girlfriend. It is she, badass. She, I like to smoke a blunt. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not my preferred method. Yeah, my girlfriend's done it a couple times with me, but she prefers spliffs which I like those two every now and then. That's more tobacco in it than weed, though. I mean, what is that? I mean what's the difference between the blunt ear rolling and the spliff? 
Well, the spliff would be like American Spirits Organic. Okay, we use organic. It's only organic. We got to go with all organic. Our diet, even our smoking, is organic, Alex. Okay. That's good. That's good. Even the weed and the wraps and the papers. It's all organic. The only thing that's not organic is probably the backwoods. I, they tell you the weed's organic, but you know those guys are spraying those chemicals to get better growth, but whatever. Go ahead. You know, if they are, man, then that's just why I have that goal of self-sustainability. You know, like when I was driving down through Lancaster and I saw all the Amish people, they were growing tobacco. And you see these huge tobacco leaves, like the size of a person, hanging in the barn, like these big leaves. And then they dry them up and crush them up and take some pieces and use them for cigars. And then the rest of it goes and gets grinded up for, you know, cigarettes. And then some of it, of that grinded tobacco gets, like, pushed through a machine and turned into, like, paper tobacco, which is what the blunts are. And then they spray it with, like, cherry flavor or blueberry flavor and i think that's more of what's like really a problem in a lot of these communities it's not weed it's like the all these chemicals that are associated with smoking weed that people don't really notice because they're they're getting high you know what i mean and and those 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 chemicals directly attack our endocrine system that like that we don't even notice and that's what Mm. causes the lung damage that's what's so that's why like even those air fresheners are really bad to your endocrine system anything we inhale that's mm. not the air outside is bad for our endocrine system. Man, yeah, no, definitely. I have, all the times I freaking was landscaping with my dad and had to breathe in those lawnmower fumes or yeah. freaking uh, weed whackers that had gas engines, shit like that. I mean, jeez. But, yeah, it's it's definitely, again, motivating me to get off the grid you could do that in Texas. You don't even have to live your leave your state to to live off the grid. I mean, there's so much space out there. Have you ever thought about getting some property like a couple hours out of Dallas? Yeah, I mean, I was actually just thinking about doing it sooner than later. But at the same time, it's like, dude, I want to get up and go and do the Owen Benjamin thing. I really do. But it's like I got a mom and dad. I mean, they're divorced, but they both live in Dallas, and I got all these pets. I can take my pets with me. I'm just saying it's just not as easy as it sounds to just get up and go, which I should do it because I've taken even bigger risks. Mm. Uh, I'm just, I just haven't yet. I don't really have an excuse why I haven't other than I'm just, I guess I'm comfortable. I don't want to, you know, I just kind of know this. I know Dallas and it's just easy. It feels easy right now. But when the shit hits the fan, I don't think this is where I want to be. Do you think that with like the California dudes coming to Austin, that the vibe is changing in Dallas too, or is that just local to Austin? Dallas is already a globalist place. I mean, I mean, mm. there's no doubt about it. Like, I just look at all the, you look at the county judge, you look at the mayor. I mean, they they want globalization, and I, and like, I'm not even saying that like just facetiously, like Alex Jones. It's like literally, it's they want to be an international city. They want to represent the minorities and actually give them more representation, which I'm not even against like represent representing the minorities, but like, you know, at the sake of taking away Dallas is being Dallas and trying to make it more international. You know what I mean? It's like, if you even identify or have any Texas pride, that's like racist now. Mm. Yeah, no. And that's, that's the, you know, war that they're waging against us on a social sociological level. I mean, Again, Owen did a pretty good job of breaking it down on that episode. But, yeah, 
I, I feel like I'm just going to regurgitate anything they said if I try to come back at you because, like, that that whole conversation just really jived with me. And I was surprised when Sam was like, yeah, get Owen on because there was that whole, uh, you know, thing that happened with him. And he was like, fuck all these comics. They're all against me. But it was cool to see them, like, squash the beef, you know? We, we've we had our beefs over our, you know, year of, of podcasting together. It's been... Maybe not a year. When was the first time we podcasted together? Like on it's probably been a year. I mean, it's right? Yeah, when that ended, and now Cheney is all the time. She's always on Union of the Unwanted now. Is she like a regular on that show? I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, shout out to Cheney. She's cool. She's had me on her show. Cheney's awesome. I love Cheney. I'm not. I'm just saying the Idiocalypse like. She hasn't talked to me since then. I've, she's well, been you know, a little nicer to me, but she's not that nice to me. She doesn't ever freaking respond to my shite. <laughs> well, I think I think that last Idiocalypse episode definitely had something to do with you, so I don't know. Maybe that was that that might be why. But, yeah, but it's a year ago. But her and I were fighting because I was bashing her for still, you know, for thinking that we we're going to get some justice on January 6th, mm. which she was totally right. Like, I I'm, I'm wasn't even being at mean. I was just saying, like, like I guess, I, I guess she's just mad because like I didn't stick up for the January six people enough. I don't know. I really don't know what she was mad. At. I think she thinks that I was like trying to be like nah 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 nah. Uh, you know, like I was rubbing something in her face, and that wasn't it at all. No. I just, well, I, you know what? I think people mistake your energy sometimes for like a challenging presence. But that's just because they mistake the fact that you you get passionate about this stuff. You have a, a concerted you know, group of interests that I think we all share here in this community. That's why the listeners show up and that's why we do these shows as hosts. So it it was just a misrepresentation in that moment. And also, you know, I think that's why Cheney probably is on the union of the unwanted as much as she is, because she's probably more comfortable in the group setting but it is uh, different. You know, there's more pressure when you're the host compared to when you're just another person in the group. So that might have been more the case. Like she's like, I don't, hey, I don't want to take my show in this direction. And then, which was cool because it ended up being the catalyst for her to start her own podcast. So I really, if she does listen to this, I hope she hears it and, and reaches out to us. Think about that. Think I, about that. Yeah, no, just look at that. No, listen, Mark. <laughs> that's what they don't want to see. See, that's what you don't even realize. Is maybe that was exactly what she needed for me to go on there and shake it up so she can go start her own thing. And I'm not even taking credit for that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not. I'm just saying this is a, so funny with life. What you think is, like, bad at that time, sometimes it's a blessing. A lot of times it's with exes, you know, relationships, a lot of circumstances, a lot of situations at the time seems bad. Then you look back at it, you're like, oh, man, that was exactly what I needed at that time. So I like that attitude. Maybe it was the best thing for uh, her that's, to get on her own. I try to look at things, and, and I've known you since then, since that conversation, and we've become great friends. I mean, we do have a lot in common. We're both Libras. Our birthdays are coming up pretty soon, so that might have something to do with it. But I will say that you are a very genuine person who cares about people and you care about what you talk about and you mean what you say. And I think that anybody who does that, you know, would be willing to have another conversation and maybe clear up, you know, that's not my job. I'm not Cheney. 
So if she oh, does dude, listen to I, this, I, I would have her on in two seconds. You know, I would talk to her in two seconds. She knows that. I've messaged her. I she think, knows that. I think I think that'll happen. If not in 2021, maybe 2022. But I, I'm not, I could see I'm it not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. Well, to no pressure. Who, who, yeah. who have you had on the show? You know, obviously, I've been probably your favorite guest this year. Who is my favorite guest I've ever had well, on the show? I know you're going to say Dr. it was Lorraine me. Day. Dr. Lorraine oh, Day. It's not me? No, because she slices and dices people and, like, freaks oh. people out and, like, gets me, like, riled up, dude. Have you, <laughs> you even listened to her stuff? Like, No, dude, I they have. Call her, they call her Lorraine of Terror when she was the, uh, you know, medical advisor or she was the head trauma surgeon at uh, San Francisco General Hospital. So she's like, you know. Well, we definitely. Nobody to mess with. I definitely respect your decision. I was just. But joking. you get the 420 Smoke Award. You get my 420 Favorite Smoker on the show award. That was what I won? Yes. If, if she's number one guest and you get number one 420 Representation Award. Shit, dude. I'm the number Which one stoner award. in the Conspiracy Castle. Yeah, it's the 42069 Award. Oh, very few people get it. You're the first person to actually get it. So, Not the last. So my show started a year ago to the day. Okay, the first episode I ever released before we met was October 5th. When did you start your show? I don't know. I started my OnlyFans then. That's when I started spreading <laughs> my butthole and making money. Oh, really? So, so you're celebrating your OnlyFans year anniversary today? Yes. This is the first day I spread my butthole with a selfie stick. Dude. Um, through my Yo. legs. You always got to outshine me. 99 prime time, 99 outshine, dude. What's going dude, on? And that's dude? accidental shine, dude. That's just like <laughs> me, just like accidentally shining. Hold on. Let's go to YouTube. Let's look at Conspiracy Castle. Let's see when the first video is. I click it. Videos. I'll click oldest. Sort by oldest. I started my channel. It says one year ago, but that's not right. Um, uh, May 26, 2020. So, hey, Siri, when was May 26, 2020? I don't know if that'll tell me. Uh, let me see. How long ago was May 26, 2020? 20. That's that really... was one year and four months ago is the first episode of The Conspiracy. Oh, yeah, that's the first episode of The Conspiracy Castle. Damn. Okay, shit. So I was around for your year anniversary, but that's cool. It's, it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, podcasters that I've met over the past few months who started their podcast in 2020, 2020 hindsight. Everybody did. Dude, everybody started in 2020. The year of the podcast, dude. And, dude, podcasting is... Is blowing up. I mean, there's they're talking about how it's going to be a billion dollar advertising industry in the next ten years, which, you know, we're conspiracy guys. I don't expect much from the ad advertisers, but Sam seems to do well. David Weiss seems to do, be doing well. I don't know if that's from ads or if it's from his his donations, but uh, but there's a lot of people that do well for themselves in this community, you know. Um, so I'm excited to have my podcast starting. I don't think it started late. I think people who like Greg Carlwood, Tony Merkel, you know, I just had chance from the Interverse podcast. These guys have been doing their podcast for like six or seven, eight years. And, yeah, uh, dude, and they're I, like the first generation, but now we're the next generation, baby. We're coming in hot. 
no doubt about it. But I'm telling you, dude, I, I think it takes two years before you even it even count. You know what I mean? Like you got to like literally make two years of content before like I think anybody will even look at you and say that you've even been doing it. You know what mm, I mean? You got to hit that two year threshold before you're taken seriously, is what you're saying? Kinda, yeah, kinda. You know what I mm. mean? Like the like for some reason, sadly. Like, even if your show's not good, like Mike David Redbar, I'm not saying his show's not good. He's good. But, like, he's been doing you know, podcasts forever. Like, there's something about um, if somebody looks, oh, this guy has been doing, you know, he has a 1,000 episodes or 500 episodes. You know, there is something that, that does give you some sort of credibility. And I think exponentially, I'm just looking at other people. I'm not even talking about my success. I think it exponentially grows once you're like two years, three years, you know what I mean? That you can't, you know, that's like when you, you double, like when you get, you go from a thousand downloads to 2000 downloads. Well, um, I believe that's when that start ha- starts happening. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm fucking stoked at the numbers we've reached right now. When I go to my hosting account for the podcast, we're at 107,602 downloads across the whole podcast wow that's really good dude thank you man and if you look at the the graph it's just like straight upward momentum which is cool because my goal was to like double you know like i i got like you know two thousand more downloads then i got four thousand more downloads than the last month and then between september and august it was a seven thousand download interest so or uh you know, rise in, in downloads, 7,000. So yeah, I was stoked. Whatever I did in September really pulled, uh, a lot of people in and I've been getting like, uh, you know, thousand plus per episode since probably July. So that's, that's really, you know, motivating. And I got to thank you, dude, because you've had me on your show multiple times, had me on, you know, for better or worse, arguments and, and fun moments and serious moments and silly moments. And, you know, it's just your show is probably, I got to say, it's definitely my favorite live show to do because there's not many podcasts yeah. I've done that are live. But it's, it's definitely like my favorite podcast to do because you just have that energy. So, and I think my show, you know, moving into the more solo host role that you, you're kind of in, I'm ready to do more for the podcast with different people from that position rather than how I started, which was like, oh, me and my friends who nobody, you know, I, I was unknown. My friends were unknown, but they were like totally not even aware of the podcasting world in a way. You know what I mean? So it was hard to do the show with them. And now I feel like I've made so many new friends in this realm. I'm like, oh, I'll just do shows with people who have their own podcast because they're invested in it rather than like bothering my n- normal life yeah, friends to be they like, don't care. Yeah, yeah, they they're, don't, yeah, yeah. They're like, and it, and it sucks. Cause they do care about me as, as a person, well, it sounded you know, but fun. it sounded fun to do a podcast unless you like really want to do it and listen to it. Dude, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. It's not just something you can half ass. You gotta actually, well, I mean, you can half ass it, which is fine, but I'm just saying it takes a lot of time. You know, it's a, it's a busy hobby. Well, you, you probably get this all the time. People, I mean, it might be different. People say, what, like, Alex, I love your show. I want to start my own YouTube channel. How do I do it? Something like that. All the time. Yeah, I help people start YouTube channels. I mean, yes, dude, the, and everybody should start a YouTube channel. I'm not just saying that facetiously. Why not? 
um, because it's a good outlet and it gives you something to do that's productive. Mm. Even if it doesn't seem like it's productive, I'm telling you, like, even if your content's kind of cringe at first, I think you get better with doing anything. It's like with me and now I'm trying to like live stream more. You just, the more you do it, the more you figure it out. And you know, good is the enemy. I mean, perfection is the enemy of good. So don't try to be perfect. Uh, but I, I really do think it's important. If people are like debating whether they should start a channel, they should, because I should have started mine years ago. If I would, and, and that's another thing. It's like, I also think if I would have started years ago, I, I could be successful now, but I might've got so successful that I became a crackhead. You know what I mean? I might not have <laughs> had the same perspective that I have now. So maybe mm. I can, you know, everything with happens my, with, with success. I can appreciate it more. Maybe everything happens as it should, man. And I don't see that becoming a reality for you at all. Excuse me. Feeling a little, oh. feeling a little, uh, feeling a little weird over here. I just smoked a, a blunt speaking of, of blunts. I don't well, know. speaking of, speaking of blunts, we got to freaking wrap this blunt interview up here pretty <laughs> soon because I got some blunts I need to do. Well, not smoke a blunt, but I got some shit I need to do myself. Uh, speaking of, well, not just smoke, but uh, I got to do that. I got to start writing my speech mm. for uh, the the Parks and Rec thing. Right. And wrangling your many, many cats. Well, folks, I hope you know that if you're not going to catch Alex's YouTube show, maybe you're working, maybe you don't have time to, to listen to the videos, but you're listening to this on the audio, you're in luck. Alex has a podcast feed too, where he takes these crazy zany interviews and really good ones. I mean, you interview all kinds of folks, not just goofballs, like the people who jump in from your live chat. Uh, but you have a lot of really awesome guests. So people should check out your podcast feed as well. And obviously your YouTube channel, your Patreon, which I am a part of the $5 Make You Holla Club. Wow, that's so nice. You know, you should also, guys, join my OnlyFans. You get uh, <laughs> five buttholes for $1.25, so it's 25 cents per butthole. And yeah. just think about that. You're investing a quarter, and you get to see my brown mm. uh, chocolate starfish. Wow. Limp Biscuit style. And Instagram, too. You're all over Instagram. You go live there. You're live on Rockfin. You show people how to do their own live streams if they sign up for your Patreon, right? That's something you do. Some uh, People are interested. What did you think about classes? my dentist? And I live stream the dentist. So if you guys ever want to see somebody get their teeth cleaned, watch my show. That's, that's profound. I, you know, I don't understand you, Alex. Um, but... Well, I'm going to create that Truman Show 2.0. I just it has to start <laughs> small. Even ah. a huge oak tree becomes a small. So you're gonna like you're gonna like branch out. You're gonna do like Alex goes to the library. Alex buys potatoes from the market. Alex mm -hmm. takes the train. Like just like Mister Rogers of your neighborhood. Uh, like, but also like the Truman Show. Interesting. You know what the fuck it is, Mark. Well, you know, I'm also for people who don't know kind of working with you behind the scenes on a lot of projects that mm -hmm. will be coming out very soon. So mm -hmm. stay in tune folks, but all right, brother. And congratulations you on your 420 award. I, I really appreciate you oh, being the best thank 420 you. guest. Thank you, dude. Congratulations for your many appearances on this my family thinks I'm crazy podcast rocketing to the top of the Am charts. I the number one trans am I the number one trans guest you've had? Absolutely. 100%. Here, I'll tell you right now. The um the numbers here, dog. Uh 
1,362 people in total listened to our first episode together. That's not enough. Folks, if you haven't heard, go back, listen to the first time Alex was on the show. And then the second time you're on my show, when we did the swap cast, that guy. I think we talked about Sandy Hook a bunch on your show. Well, yeah, we talk about anything we want on my show, dude. I don't know. There's no whole. We gotta get cards. Wolf. We gotta get Wolfgang how big. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I don't think he wants to do interviews there or some shit though. And then the other one was fifteen hundred, so that's pretty good. That's pretty. Good. Come on, guys, listen to this. Spread it. It's primetime ninety nine. I was standing on the grind all the time. We need to spread this <laughs> information. Right on. All right. Thanks, buddy. And thank you for listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast year anniversary special. Take it easy and enjoy the moment. Let's go. Yes. Enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now.